0: Good morning, Fred. Oh, hi. Let me be the first to give you the good news. Mr. Dugan is coming to your meeting. Dugan! Thomas Fitzpatrick, eat 'em alive Dugan, chairman of the board of Allied Drug and Food, Mr. Aspercell himself. I'm dead. I know, but we're all behind you, my boy. It's a good place to be. welcome to fansplainers my name is david dedrick and this week's show is going to be a little bit different uh for the details you'll have to listen to sneaky dragon episode 455 in which ian and i go into some detail about exactly why this show is uh happening today but we're doing a fill-in show suffice to say a show that ian and i recorded disappeared in mysterious circumstances so my wife lisa williamson has volunteered to step into the breach, because Ian is too busy for us to re-record. And frankly, who wants to do a show twice? I can't blame him. So this is my wife's suggestion, this movie that we're going to do this week. And so Lisa's here to talk about it. Hi, dear.
1: Hi there. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for asking.
1: (laughs) It's like I haven't seen you. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) right. It's it's as if we didn't walk into the room together. Uh, So, dear, you volunteered to, to do this. You're probably kicking yourself now. But you uh, want to talk about a film that's very dear to your heart. And that movie is?
1: Horse in the Grey Flannel Suit.
0: The Horse in the Grey Flannel Suit. A joke of a title that's probably lost to the ages now. People probably don't even know what the joke is. The original book was called The Year of the Horse. The
1: Year of the Horse, yeah.
0: I believe by Eric Hatch. Yeah. Um, Written about the same time as the book that the the title is is joshing on, which was The Man in the Grey Flannel Suit. A book written, I can't remember who wrote it now, but it was written about... uh, the idea of trying to find meaning in a world that's uh, run on purely on business in business terms, like so, the idea of this, why it's in it an advertising, and so it had the sort of whole Madison Avenue element to it. And this movie has a Madison element to it as well. And I guess they thought it would be hilarious to change the title of the film to "The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit," mm-hmm. maybe partly a reference to the fact the horse is, is a gray.
1: Yeah, I think so. And then I think, as well, the author, his um, family had a brokerage firm. Oh, okay. So he was quite well off, but he was very invested in the horse show world as well, because he worked as a steward, well, probably on the weekends. Yeah. Um, and then... Call that work? Yeah. And he also, he was an author more than anything else, mm. but just looking at the list of titles that he's written, at least three of them look like they're horse-related. Okay. I think he wrote about okay. a bunch of different things, but sure. yeah.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So... I was going to ask you before we started talking about this Disney film, about your experiences with Disney films in general, like, uh, you are a little older than I am. Did you see this film in the theater when you were a kid? No,
1: no, we saw it um, probably actually at Pony Club, because uh, we would go to the Pony Club Christmas party, okay. and every single year, this would be the film that was shown. Okay. <laughs> so, I think uh, it's... it's in my top five movies, as far as favorite movies of all time, but purely for sentimental reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll admit that the movie maybe isn't the greatest film ever made.
1: No, not, not super intellectual or anything like that. But yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot that is good about it, as far as from people looking at it from a horse perspective. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if that's your bag, then okay, it is a good film. And
0: so, you watched in the pony club growing up. So, this was in the 70s, they would show this? Yeah, yeah. So, I assume this would have been on... Uh, film then like a 60 millimeter printer the yeah movie? they would
1: bring a big movie thing projector? in with a yeah projector and the round things the reels yeah, yeah yeah and so set up that and that was our big treat for the christmas party oh that's every cool single year i know that's it was cool. good in some old kind of musty smelling hall
0: yeah. <laughs> so like a local like a local community hall yes, around here yeah like which one though
1: oh we would do the one on the corner of 224th and 16th Avenue, which has since burned down.
0: Okay. So, La Yeah. Keel.
1: Yeah. Huh. yeah. So, similar to the Murrayville one. Yeah, Just yeah. It's exactly the same design setup.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, like, kind of like a, a, almost like a Nissan Hut building with the round, rounded,
1: the rounded. it has? Yeah, or, or gambrel roof okay. building, I think I you would call it rather a than better. Nissan Hut. <laughs> That's um, what it makes me that think would That would have a stage at the end, like you'd yeah. walk in at one end and there yeah. would be the cloakroom, and then... You're walking through whatever you would use it for, whether it's the dance sure. hall or the, you know, New Year's Eve dinner. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a big space. And then at the end, you'd have the stage, and you'd have the kitchens behind that, mm-hmm. and then out back the outhouse. Or if you're fancy, if this, I think our, we only had an outhouse at ours, so there was no indoor plumbing. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And yeah, that's something that's I don't think it's unique to the lower the lower mainland, at least the Fraser Valley. The idea. But it's still something you see. There's still halls scattered throughout the Fraser Valley that once would have been meeting places for communities that would would have had a hard time getting into, say, Vancouver or Mm -hmm. even Burnaby or New Westminster,
1: or even to 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 Langley, yeah, or even into
0: Langley itself, yeah. So so there were various halls that kind of indicated the different communities around. So Mm -hmm. for instance, the one year where you grew up was Lockheel Community Hall. Then there's Murrayville there was one uh, so there's
1: Patricia Hall over on 264th yeah sure. there's there's Carvel, there's a lot of different ones yeah yeah
0: Peardenville. Peer- yeah,
1: right I can remember my parents going to New Year's Eve parties right yeah, you know yeah. like we drive into Vancouver we don't think anything of that but yeah. my parents would go three quarters of a mile down the road <laughs> and go to a New Year's Eve party yeah. and everyone was there it yeah. was big yeah yeah.
0: And that's why people actually celebrated New Year's, too. Like, mm-hmm. It feels like it feels like that kind of idea of going out has sort of changed a lot. And maybe it's just changed in where we go. Maybe I shouldn't say it's changed in, in that sense. But I guess people... Yeah,
1: our range is broader.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Okay, so, yeah. Like, I remember growing up watching... You know, we would go see Walt Disney movies. But when I think about it now, like, most of the Walt Disney films we went to see, um, besides Gus and stuff like that, which were released, like, the year that I saw them, a lot of them were reissues that were... Brought back into the theaters, mm-hmm. so like I would go to the movie theaters in the 1970s to watch a black and white movie like The Absent-Minded Professor or Son of Flubber.
1: Yeah, the very first movie I ever saw in the theater was of that type, and it was Bambi.
0: Sure. Yeah. They also would re- reissue their their animated films as well, mm-hmm. which was a. I don't think there's. I don't think there's many other many other studios that did that. It's an interesting model that Disney followed, when you think about it, that they would have uh yeah it's kind of well, weird
1: new generation new eyes so yeah especially at that time because mm-hmm. you didn't have any other way to access it
0: yeah besides world of disney which was on tv when mm-hmm. so that's a place where i saw a lot of these shows as well would yeah. have been on world of disney but also in the theater yeah it's a, it's a weird thing so um now obviously you love horses you just talked about the fact that you were in pony club growing up
1: yeah doesn't everyone? <laughs>
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think lots of people like the idea of horses. I think a lot of people are scared of horses. Right. Because they're big creatures. Yeah. And I remember the first time that I, when we started to go out together, which was a long time ago, mm-hmm. we, you brought me to see your horses. You brought me out to the barn to see your horses. And that time you had Tippy. Yeah. B, mm-hmm. And was it? Probably Buddy. No. No. Nordic? Was that his name? Oh,
1: yeah. Nordic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Nordic was like a big horse. Yeah. He was a big-headed horse. And I remember being <laughs> terrified of this ginormous <laughs> head sticking out of the barn, like I was sticking out of the stall. Because you're when you first meet an animal, you know, when you first see animals, you don't realize, like horses, you don't realize that they're like big, dumb friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. your thought is, if this thing wanted to do to bite me or knock me out unconscious by one swing of its ginormous head, it could. It wouldn't occur to it to do that, obviously, because no. they're not like Machiavellian, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, they're not thinking, uh, planning ahead and have like some sort of strategy drawn out in the chalkboard in their stall because they can't hold chalk. They have hoofs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But also they're not, they don't think that way. They're just like animals. So, mm-hmm. you know, and we carefully bring them up. We raise them so they're not a threat to us. Otherwise yeah. it wouldn't be much fun riding them. No.
1: And they think of us as part of the herd. Sort of, <laughs> you know, we're all friends together.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. But when you first see them, like for me, as coming in as a complete tenderfoot, ignoramus, never, only ridden horses uh, at a dude ranch, mm-hmm. you know, it was scary. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And also the barn lights weren't that bright. <laughs> it's ominous. It was an ominous situation, everyone.
1: Oh, I thought it was uh, romantic.
0: <laughs> it was also romantic. It was also romantic because you were sharing something that you loved with me. Yes. And that was very special. So, well, let's talk about the film then. We've we just I just wanted to set set the stage so people understand that part of why you love this movie is that you are horse crazy. I think it'd be fair to say
1: horse crazy, really.
0: <laughs> you like horses, dear. Yeah. <laughs> and you, uh, and so I think that's part of what what feeds your love of this film. Although I don't think any of your other movies that would be on your top five would have horses in them, do they? No,
1: no, because this is the most real horse movie out there. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's
0: not... I mean, like, Internet or uh, National Velvet is a fun movie, but it's not... In no way would you watch that film and think, oh, this is how a horse really gets trained for, for, yeah, to, to, exactly. for racing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like,
0: it's not It's not real at all. Like, it's yeah. just, like, complete fa- fantasy. I mean, this movie has, obviously, a strong element of fantasy to it, but the riding scenes and the jump, jumping scenes all feel very real
1: Mm -hmm. and even uh, the interactions between like the trainers and the trainer to the, the parent or whatever, you know, it's like reality check, reality check, reality check. Whereas most of the time with the horse thing, it's sort of like, you know, girl gets horse, Uh, girl says, I will train horse, it's a wild horse, dad (laughs) says, don't train that horse, you'll die, and then the girl rides the horse at midnight, and they gallop around, and then the girl enters a race, and she wins, and dad's like, oh, this is great, you know, (laughs) and that's the the usual horse movie, right, but yeah, there is, the if you go in as a little girl, and you watch that little girl in the movie, you realize later, it's not actually about her, either, Mm, you know, so. Okay,
0: but who's it about, the dad?
1: Yeah, it's about the dad. Okay, but I think the horse is the the scene stealer. Yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it is pretty much the same horse throughout, which is also pretty rare for a horse movie. You know, often they will have many different mm-hmm. horses playing one single horse. And yeah, this yeah. one, I think probably. I think there's 90, three horses. Yeah, there's three horses, and about ninety to ninety five percent of the scenes are this one horse. Mm.
0: The one, the two horses are very alike, mm-hmm. and then the one horse is.
1: Yeah, it looks like, like a, a real different giveaway. breed.
0: <laughs> it, looks yeah. like it looks it's a much smaller horse, I think.
1: Yeah, and a yeah. totally different breed mm. and he's actually got slightly different markings. Like oh, he's yeah. he's much later too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got he's flea bitten grey up by his neck. So yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on that you can like eh. it's not the same horse.
0: But I think if you were watching it for me watching it, if I wasn't looking for that I wouldn't notice no, those sort of no, things. I remember I think a long time ago watching the adventures of uh, Briscoe County Mm Junior with you and you kept going oh that's a different horse well that's a different horse and I was like it
1: is? (laughs) well his star was always a different shape (laughs) I Uh, wouldn't notice that
0: though but it's funny you're paying because your horse crazy
1: crazy (laughs)
0: <laughs> you also, you notice things like that because you're looking at the horse. Right. Whereas I'm looking at Bruce Campbell because he's the actor acting in the scene. So I'm like, what's the actor doing in the scene? He's yeah. acting this part and he's telling me information for this movie. And you're like, horses. hmm <laughs> well,
1: The horse is the only real one there, right? He's doing what he does.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's very true. All right. So this movie is from 1968.
1: hmm That's good why. Good year. It's a very good year. Is it a good year? That was the year Tippy was born.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah tippy w- was. was
1: my horse who looked actually could have been a carbon copy he could have played that horse in the movies double like, when he was younger because when yeah, i knew yeah.
0: him he was much oh, uh, lighter yeah. was much, much lighter okay but, yeah
1: when i was the same age as that girl in the movie yeah he was the same amount of gray and everything and he looked the same same breed same height yeah but yeah very similar looking huh cool
0: mm-hmm. um so so 1968, the year... I used to write Tippy, Let, so that's mm-hmm. why I know Tippy. Uh, so the movie starts after a lot of fun credits yeah. showing us horse things and, and, and stuff like that. The movie starts with Dean Jones, the star of the film, playing Fred Bolton, which is a good, a good Madison Avenue name, I think. Uh, he's carrying a saddle through an office building. And
1: he doesn't have the stirrups run up. And doesn't have the stirrups
0: run up, <laughs> but you noticed, and we noticed that because he gets, the, they get caught at some point, he gets a woman coming off the elevator, yeah. gets something caught in the stirrup. because not only the stirrups don't run up, they also don't have the pads in the stirrups, mm-hmm. so that they're just a an open metal.
1: Yeah, and loop. those are just old-fashioned kind of stirrups, so you oh, would okay. have seen those back then. Okay, yeah.
0: okay, so yeah. the, they didn't have the... the...
1: Often not, no. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. So why do they change that? Add traction or? Uh,
1: yeah, more traction. And then the ones we have now have more weight at the bottom as well. So yeah, they're just going to hang down straight and keep your foot in the right position more okay. so. Yeah. Okay. Those other ones are, are lighter and they actually would break. I had three of those break on me in what, my What, just career. the metal ones? Yeah. At the bottom, they crack ar- across the bottom. Okay. Uh, that was when I was galloping racehorses. So I can remember <laughs> going out to the track, you know, on this like yeah, yeah. two-year-old one morning all my leg's all super short and I'm up on top of the horse's back, like way up on top of the horse's back. And this horse is prancing and I'm, my stirrup was kind of bouncy, the one stirrup. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I bounced on it a little bit. Yeah. Right? It was so weird. And then galloped around the track and then came back to the barn, jumped off, ran the stirrup up. Oh no. <laughs>
0: yeah. piece correct. of metal
1: that was keeping me between the horse and the ground was, yeah, <laughs> pretty much about to break in half.
0: Wow. And so is, are those more common in like? The- in thoroughbred racing just for no
1: a- i think well maybe thoroughbred racing now but you wouldn't see them anywhere like in horse shows anymore. Okay. they're just yeah. gone obsolete
0: hmm. Hmm. so so yes he's got this uh he's he's uh, this movie has a lot of elevator at the beginning actually mm-hmm. as I think about it it does but yeah so he gets off uh and we see that he works at the Tomes Advertising Agency. I don't know what that's referenced to. I don't think it, I don't know if it is a reference or anything, but it's a, it seems like a weird it, choice.
1: It's a, yeah, very strange T- Tomes, name, yeah.
0: Tomes Advertising Agency. And he comes in, it's all a, all a bustle, everything, people are doing this, doing that, and it turns out he has a, an emergency meeting with uh, a guy named Dugan, who has a company called Allied. Drugs, something. lot like
1: drugs. Yeah. yeah, and he's their big client. And yeah. he's the. Yeah, the so this, this is an this important very, meeting. That's
0: right, and it's sort of a surprise meeting, and no one, no one's expecting this, and it's in a half an hour, so everyone's in a mad rush to to get ready for it. Now we learn a couple of things during this this part of the, of the movie is that first that Jones is a single dad, and we don't know what happened to the mother. That's never mentioned in the no, film. I don't no. think.
1: No, you get the impression that she's been gone for a long time. They've been working together. Well, as this little unit, yeah, but yeah, there's no mention of her,
0: hmm. and uh we we also learned that he owes nine hundred dollars for riding lessons for his daughter,
1: which even today, I think is pretty pretty excessive it' but does seem pretty yeah. expensive, doesn't it yeah, but it it does explain later that it's for seven months he's behind, okay, yeah,, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah that's, that's
0: a bit more reasonable,
1: yeah, and not unusual either, as I have people that are now seven months behind or more. <laughs> Anyway, but
0: <laughs> oh, for the days when we didn't have e-transfer. Yeah, I know. People just paid us. I remember. I remember. I was thinking about that a little while ago because, I, because I used to be a farrier, as you know. You're married to me, and I was thinking about that because, like, when I used to shoe or trim horses, people would just give me a check or mm-hmm. money in my hand when I when I left.
1: Yeah.
0: And I can't imagine what it'd be like nowadays. People going, "Oh, I'll e-transfer you later."
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. i like, oh, really? Like, can I just have the money?
1: Yeah, I know it's weird. Yeah, we very much evolved into this thing. It was e-transfer, or you know, work on not credit. I don't know. They're on credit, I guess. Have but a tab, I yeah, guess. Have, like you're a yeah, yeah, run a tab essentially. <laughs> yeah, and for a while there, I had almost I think eight of eight major clients. They were all on tabs, but only one would ever pay. You know, within two weeks of being given yeah. their statement, yeah, some yeah. of them, yeah, whatever. But um. <laughs> Yeah, this summer with the pandemic, all of a sudden things have changed and everyone's paying cash now. So oh, like, okay. All right. Bring it. Pandemic. <laughs> That's,
0: better. <laughs> That's better. I wonder why. That's weird. It is Because every other store doesn't accept money. I guess everyone has extra money in their pocket. because I don't know.
1: Some pay. of the people are saying, oh, it's weird having to go to the bank. So I don't know if they just think I only take cash, but I'm not going to disavow <laughs> them of that notion because I like the money.
0: <laughs> so yes, yeah. he was $900, which he's shocked by. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. He goes into a a a room, I guess his I guess his office, and he finds his staff in there, including Maury Amsterdam, who we all know and love from the Dick Van Dyke Show, uh, who is his uh, I guess one of fellow ad people there. Yeah. Charlie mm-hmm. is the name of the character who has developed this strange uh, dummy, like a half a mannequin, just the torso yeah, and head,
1: kind of like a CPR dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Without legs or arms, and it's to show, it's like this almost like elaborate uh pin, what do you call that?
1: pinball no like, no
0: no you know what i mean talk about what oh, used to be that that japanese uh, game where the the little i can't think of it now i used to know it i don't know dang it has a name but anyway yeah you put it a ball on the top and it kind of pin pin pins down the thing yeah i know what you mean i don't know Pachiko or
1: something that pinch Pinchico.
0: no we're saying no. I'm both throwing it, wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> so then uh so so yeah so yeah you put a pill in the mouth of this it starts to flash red, that shows that it has an Indigest, indigestion. Yeah. And you put a pill into it and the pill is supposed to go down this little trail and then it it it's it eases the indigestion and the person feels better. So we learn that you know, there's they have a uh, a product called Aspracell that's kinda like Eno or mm-hmm. or
1: Tums. Tums or whatever. Like yeah, that. yeah. Those sort of things. Anti acid pill.
0: Yeah, an anti acid yeah. pill. And then and so they uh, gather up all their things that they've been you know they have it's all half thought out ideas i guess it feels like everything's just kind of like oh, they have a campaign but they're not really
1: mm-hmm. too it's not complete
0: it's not complete yeah
1: no finishing touches
0: and so they have to like gather all this stuff up and take another elevator to another part of the building which we had do have, you have a, a dear little old lady who's very confused by the the dummy on the elevator and she keeps getting off on the wrong floor and then she finally just gets off the elevator entirely and says i think i'm in the wrong building and so they go to their meeting with with dugan who turns out is a a big, hard-bitten guy who never—there's not one scene in the film where he doesn't have a giant cigar sticking out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is like the weirdest thing in the world. I don't think you see that anymore. No, you don't see cigars that often anymore. But no. it feels like in the past, it was just like a regular thing for people to just walk around with ginormous cheroots sticking out of their mouth. Like mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Like almost every movie, like and people be like close to each other. Like, I, I don't even think I could stand, like, being close to somebody, like, blowing cigar smoke in my face the whole time we're doing something. Like, two guys writing a song, and they're both, like, got giant stogies in their mouths, and they're, like, puffing away, and they're, like, writing music. Like, what's going on?
1: Yeah, and I think the thing about this guy, too, is that he's obviously sort of of a different social class, but mm. he's done well in business and so risen up. Yeah. But, yeah, you can kind of tell just by his mannerisms and the way he speaks that, you know... He he isn't kind of on the same level, and so I think maybe a little bit because of that, he's very aggressive yeah. in his dealings with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Although that kind of imperiousness may also work in his favor, just in business oh, life. Sure. Business yeah. life, anyway. Yeah. So he is um, he is less than happy. He's played by Fred Clark, by the way, who, as you were saying earlier, he died shortly after the f- filming of the movie, and so it was dedicated. It was dedicated in his memory. Uh, he is unhappy. With the campaign, as presented by Dean Jones and and his other his fellow, fellow employees or fellow members, fellow yeah, workers team team yeah. that's a good word. Thank you. Uh, he wants class. He wants because he doesn't
1: uh, have class. He himself. doesn't
0: have class himself. He wants aspercell to appeal to a to the jet set. He wants to catch catch that catch that you know the the preppy class of New York mm-hmm. City. The guys the who are who. the who's who, the people many of the people who are in the room with him right now are the people he wants to be, you know, using Asprocell and thinking you know, thinking of aspercell when they when mm-hmm. they and so
1: give indigestion some class, I think that's kind of a <laughs> phrase that was used.
0: <laughs> and so he wants uh yeah, that's his that's his campaign. And then of course Maury Amsterdam does get to demonstrate his his dummy. And puts the pill into its mouth, and then it goes down, and then for whatever reason, it causes some sort of short circuit. Instead of curing the the uh, the the uh, in, the upset stomach, the indigestion, it causes all these sparklers and things to flare up inside it, and it it makes all these noises and whirls and stuff like that. And I gotta say, there's one thing about Disney films of that time period: great special effects. <laughs> like I just think because they had like, such a such a great animation right, studio, yeah. like, like like those effects like it's obviously animated and like this sort of superimposed over top mm-hmm. of the but it looks really good like yeah. it just looks amazingly good like i was like well that's really impressive for a movie that cuz i don't think Walt disney i think these movies were like a cash grab basically these films like like all these movies are super cheap to make they don't star anyone who are big stars i know you know who dean jones is but at the time no one knew who dean jones was or very few people he wasn't like a big name like there's no one of any particular uh you know like of, of note in Renown, this movie yeah, yeah. Uh, like they don't even have like a guest star like a like a cam like they don't have anyone like mm-hmm. like movies like this normally like you think about it, they'd, they'd have like they get like someone that you knew playing like the old old guy or something like that or the boss would be someone you know what i mean but no one mm-hmm. so i th- so i think they made these movies like as quickly as they could for as cheap as they could they had their maybe walt disney was one of the last studios with like contract players so they would have actors who are on contract who would be in their movies over and over again. We'll see one of them soon. I don't want to give away names yet, but, but they, I I do think that they, they kind of ran in almost an old fashioned way that they were still like kind of a factory. They're kind of pumping out these movies and they had a built in audience because they're Walt Disney. And I guess it just funded the things that Walt Disney wanted to do at that time, which mm-hmm. was build Disneyland and then build Disney world. Yeah. He'd almost like get forgotten about the whole movie part of his business by this point mm-hmm.
1: well he had just died as well oh, this okay. is the first movie after his death
0: okay, okay. Um,
1: and yeah unfortunately it was it didn't do well financially but yeah like you said it was probably not super expensive to film either because yeah. a lot of it was contract people and then on set you know like at their ranch and whatnot yeah, so yeah. yeah they weren't spending a lot of at the
0: disney ranch yeah 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 uh, made to look like connecticut mm-hmm. but still filmed in southern california yeah, yeah. and yeah it Everything. Well, we'll talk about when we get there. Uh, so, so yeah, he gives them. Um, he gives uh, Dugan gives them twenty four hours to come up with a campaign that'll wow him in the in Madison Avenue of that time. Speak. We then cut to the Riding Academy. I'm gonna call it writing Academy, mm-hmm. like we were just saying. It's based filmed at the the uh, Disney.
1: Yeah, I think the, it was called well, Golden Oak or something like that. Golden Oak is yeah. that the name of their yeah. the ranch? Yeah. So that was Disney owned, and then. Yeah, they've got this teeny little riding ring. Yeah, it's just
0: obviously made up with temporary fences they just made a circle out of. Yeah. Almost everything in this movie that's ridden that's not in like uh, some sort of stock footage of a real place is done in round pens. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's riding around pens. The horse whisperer was there for all this. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And all the horses going in circles. (laughs) Yeah. So we we meet Helen, played by Ellen Janoff, who we learn through her friends. Kind of egging her on that Helen wants her own horse, and her friends are recommending that she she do the what's it called most favored dad.
1: I think act, so. Yeah.
0: Where when dad comes home, you you pretend to be interested in what what dad wants or dad where what dad's day was mm-hmm. when he like.
1: How was your day at the office, daddy? How was your
0: day at the office, daddy? And then when daddy goes, oh, I don't want to talk about that stuff. Then you then you zap him with the horse stuff, mm-hmm. and that's when you got him at his both vulnerable. Oh, because you've given him a martini as well. Right, yeah. You brought him a martini, so he's grateful. He doesn't want to talk about the office. Talk about a horse, guaranteed. What those girls who probably are much more Tony or posh than uh, Ellen don't know is that is that Dean Jones is is stretched very uh, his financially stretched. He's paying for a private school. He owes a nine hundred dollars for riding lessons. He has a mortgage. He has two cars. I don't know. Why he has two cars
1: because of Aunt Martha.
0: I guess because the Aunt Martha's. We haven't seen her yet, okay. but I guess that's why. But he's got a lot of. A lot of money tied Mm -hmm. up in various things.
1: He's got obligations.
0: He has obligations, that's right. And also, Fred, Dean Jones' character, is allergic to horses.
1: Which is why he hasn't been to the barn to see his daughter (laughs) ride and has no idea that she's so good.
0: (laughs) He also gets to meet Helen's riding instructor, Susie, uh, played by Diane Baker. Once again, not a name you'll ever, you'll, you'll, I don't know if she even did another movie after this, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, uh, we then so he has the kind of a confrontation with Susie about the bill, about the bill, which he thinks is perfectly perfectly reasonable, and also you haven't paid it for seven months, dum dum.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, and all and she thinks of him as she kind of accuses him. She's pretty forthright. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. She's yeah. A, yeah. Reality check. Yeah, she's the one who goes her... because she thinks she identifies him not as as a. Well, how does she view him?
1: I think a disinterested parent, but also, well, yeah. Later on, there is a different. Thing she was concerned about. But yeah, disinterested, um, complaining. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone who has over high expectations of, but also wants to get it for free. Mm-hmm. You know, and isn't willing to put in the time or, you know, or care about what his daughter's doing, just yeah. wants the results.
1: Yeah, instant pill.
0: And it's like Aspercel. Then we cut to their house, which is a very nice house with a very nice setting. And why he's got such a large house.
1: With acreage. With acreage. And then he's worried about his <laughs> yeah, finances. No wonder he's got a big mortgage. <laughs> and he's got no horse. He yeah. lives
0: there. He's got no horse. They have a small dog named Herbie. It's just him and his daughter. And then his aunt, Martha, lives with him, obviously, as a caretaker for for, for Susie while he's, he's out and about uh, doing his going to work and stuff like that. But it just seems very strange that it's such a big place. But it all works out in the end, believe me. Uh, so he is trying to come up with an ad campaign. For Aspercel, he's madly scribbling away all kinds of not very good ideas. And whenever he throws, he crumples up a piece of paper and throws it on the floor, Herbie, his dog, picks it up and carries it away, which I quite enjoyed his mm-hmm. enthusiasm for, for balls of paper. Uh,
1: and at one point he says to Herbie, bury that one deep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so at this moment, Aunt Martha, played by Lorene Tuttle, and Helen decide this is the moment when Dad is at his most <laughs> most harried and panicky and nervous, they're
1: playing the game wrong.
0: It's right. They don't even offer him a martini. He seems to be more of a beer drinker. Mm-hmm. It turns out, but yeah. he, but uh, they they go in and suggest that perhaps he should buy Hell in a horse for a mere two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's all.
1: He's first guessing. What What does this cost me? Hundred dollars? <laughs> no. no. Two hundred dollars? No. Two thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> he goes two thousand. He goes two thousand dollars,
1: which back then was actually what a horse like that would have gone for. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a, actually a fair price. Fair price. Yeah,
0: for that quality of horse, or just any no, horse. Not
1: with that sort of pedigree. By pedigree, I mean like show record. But you could buy that horse for probably like six hundred to a thousand dollars off the track, and then yeah, put training into it. So that was not. An unrealistic price. Okay. Yeah, depending okay. upon where you are.
0: Yeah, Connecticut.
1: Yeah, so Connecticut probably would have been a little bit higher.
0: Mm. So, uh, of course, Dean Jones is not into this. Fred says, "Uh, no," and then Helen leaves, and then Aunt Martha tries a different tactic, which is su- suggest. That Helen, or to tell him that Helen is scared of boys, because he says, "Well, why isn't she interested in boys? Mm-hmm. Why don't I have this to worry about instead yeah. of horses?" Yeah. And Emma says, "Well, she's scared of boys because she thinks she's unattractive, and she thinks that Helen having a horse would give her some poise, would give her some self confidence, mm-hmm. and so she also offers Dean Jones a glass of warm milk because he's going to be working <laughs> all night, and I'm me as the a person who loves milk so cold it would freeze your tongue." I'm like, blah, who would want to drink warm milk? And why is that even a thing,
1: wow.
0: to drink warm milk?
1: A lot of people like that. Why? I, I think it's just a throwback to childhood.
0: But why even in childhood would you be offered warm milk? Breast uh, milk?
1: Yeah, that's how you get it first, so.
0: <laughs> I guess huh? so. It feels, that feels really even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to point out, though, that Herbie is a cute dog. Very cute. That's the kind of dog I like. Yeah. Small.
1: Yep. that's why you thought my horse's head was big. <laughs>
0: That's right, I was used to small dogs. So, um Fred sitting at his table, he sketches out a he writes down Aspra puts a circle around it, and then turns it into like a cute little horse. Almost like a Disney horse, it looks like to me. Uh with, you know, kind of round body, big head, big big hoofy feet. Um and then he crumples that up and throws it on the ground for, for Herbie. And then he realizes he comes up with a crazy idea. And he goes scrabbling around for that piece of paper. We don't know what piece of paper it is, but we kind of have a, a, a sense, since the movie's called *The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit*, that mm-hmm. has something to do with that horse drawing that he did. Right. And we cut to Fred with Mr. Dugan at the gym, and he's trying to convince Dugan that he needs to make to make or to make Aspracell a name that would be respectable is to get that name into hoity-toity circles. And one way to do that is through show jumping. Buy a horse, name it Aspercel. When it's a success, it will be, and he uses the word subliminal, which I guess at this time, subliminal advertising was this kind of idea that people thought would, would really would really exist. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it's actually not something that actually works.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but at the time, there was like these kind of rumors and stuff like that. There was like an experiment that was...
1: The naked woman in the ice cube one?
0: Not the naked woman in yeah. the ice cube, but apparently there was a a thing where a person uh, in a movie theater he cut in uh, pictures of food into the film so they're like fla- they would flash onto the screen while people watch the movie but so fast you wouldn't your eye wouldn't mm-hmm. perceive it but your brain would perceive it was the idea and then supposedly more people the sales went up on the concession stuff but it turns out that is a that is a is not a true story and it's just it kind of steam you know, kind of steamrolled into this idea of subliminal advertising and and how yes naked women and ice cubes and all that kind of stuff which you know come on yeah so then but this is what they're talking about subliminal apps. so aspercel will kind of be on in the f- people's minds as associated with and then do you get of course talking about like the america cup so I have a yacht named after i have a race car i don't know how Race cars are classy, but anyway, a race car <laughs> called Aspercel, and this is a way to get the name out there, mm-hmm. which is not untrue. I mean, this is how, you know, this is how I know what STP is, the motor oil. I wouldn't know that, but except for the fact that it was on Hot Rods when I was a kid, to mm-hmm. have the STP logo on it. That's how I know it.
1: Yeah. And this scene, it seemed at first like Dugan wasn't going for it, and it was kind of a hard sell, because mm-hmm. our... Hero is trying to basically like following him around to all the different equipment on the gym, even doing the actual
0: medicine ball with him. Yeah, which I was watching that and going, you know, that's really hard to do actually. Like, I used to do that, I do that at the gym as well, but not Mm -hmm. with the medicine ball, but it's. It's hard, like doing all those sit-ups and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I was, so I was pretty. I thought that was pretty admirable of Dean Jones to and the older guy to do that too. Right, like they're yeah, actually yeah. doing pretty good there. But then, yeah, the scene ends with him like exclaiming over the idea while well, yeah. Dean Jones is getting a massage, right? Which so, is a good kind. Of...
1: And then Dean Jones, he says, and have them make you vice president of the company. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. He doesn't. Oh, no, no. Just, Yeah, vice president. Yeah, that's he right. doesn't just like it. He loves the idea. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And also, Dean Jones convinces him that his daughter should be the one mm-hmm. who rides a horse. That way. It it's not connected to, to Allied.
1: Yeah, and it was actually uh Dugan's idea. He said, Well, put the horse in her name. I don't want this connected to Allied. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they just want the horse to be Aspercell Owned oh, by Miss <laughs> Miss Helen.
0: And so so all's well. The end of the movie. No, so um so before we get to meet Aspercell, we get uh Fred showing off his new horse trailer to Susie. And this is like a Walt Disney horse trailer. It's not a horse trailer anyone would actually want. It's a single horse trailer, by the way. It's huge. It looks like a, It looks like ours. It looks like you could have three horses in mm-hmm. it, but it's so thick walled that only one horse can fit inside it. Mm. it you you notice that, right?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Oh, okay, no. yeah. It's so thick walled because the one side has the. Uh, oh,
1: it's got the bar, yeah. Because one okay.
0: side, yeah, it has a it has a bar with a retractable, like with a, a an electric retractable mm-hmm. awning awning yeah. over top of it and which is for dad as he says this is for dad to to sit at you know because he doesn't he's not actually interested in the writing at this point and so he's showing this off to susie and she's bemused by it i would say and then we see a, a trailer a truck and trailer coming down the road uh, driven as if he's in the Indy 500, <laughs> <Yes.
1: This> driver
0: <laughs> driver pulls off the road into the place. I was thinking, I guess the horse isn't actually in the truck. Like it's they no, just no, he couldn't be because not at that speed. Yeah, that guy was driving like 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 yeah. And this a horse was
1: coming from Pennsylvania. Okay. And theoretically, they lived in Connecticut, mm-hmm. so it's had a fairly long journey. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And so the guy comes tearing up, almost crashes into a tree, and runs almost runs over over Fred, and and then we get to meet asked for the first time, who apparently was a bad horse the entire trip mm-hmm. in the trailer, Not didn't trailer very well, was making a lot of noise, reminds me of, of one of our horses. Archie. Archie, yep. <laughs>
1: yes. He crashes and bangs and <laughs> paws and rips things up. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's so. right.
0: Last time we r- drove anywhere, we opened the door up and he had his leg ca- caught in, a, in the hay net. Yeah. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: and I had to go into there and try and... <laughs> yeah, get it mm, out of his foot. Craziness. And yeah. It was caught in his shoe as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh
1: Horses. <laughs> anyway, maybe he'll turn out to be as good as Asperson. Oh, uh,
0: maybe. We were parked in the side of the road as well, so traffic was driving by us and we we're trying to get <laughs> this stupid horse off of a, of a trailer and he's got a hay net caught in his Anyway, horses. So uh Dean Gene, Gene, Gene Jones. Fred Fred goes into the trailer to to um to get yeah, because the trucker won't.
1: The trucker the won't,
0: The trucker yeah, is
1: just done with this horse at this point. He's yeah. like, I don't want to have anything more to do with
0: him. Yeah, that's right. You, we, he says, me and two other guys, it took me me and two other guys to get him into the trailer. You unload him. Yeah. So, so, uh, now Fred has grabbed a beer from the bar because that's why he opened it. So he's got this beer in his hand and he feeds a little bit to the horse.
1: Or the horse just starts. Oh, he starts, yeah, he yeah, starts. L- licking, l- licking the top of the beer That's hand, right. He
0: yeah. starts licking when he's trying to undo the, undo his restraints. And so, uh, yeah, but he does feed him as well from the hand. yeah, of after
1: a while when he figures out the horse likes that, yeah, it's kind of like his horse whisperer moment, right do you, do
0: you think do you think beer is good for horses?
1: Yes, it is good for horses because well, Irish people historically have given their horses beer, and that's one of the things that they're kind of known for um drunk horses, not drunk horses, but um yeah it's it's related to vitamin vitamin B I think because of the um whatever it's not just regular beer I think it's like Guinness or something okay, something okay. that's like got a lot of hops in it mm, mm. and yeah it's just good for their digestive system but um like the the flora in their hindgut it helps to repopulate that yeah, yeah. but there was okay. actually a recent study done that it can help with a foot problem called laminitis so uh, because oh really yeah yeah because often it's a toxic cascade that starts in the hindgut sure. with laminitis yeah. and so if you can calm that down then yeah you huh. end up alleviating that problem
0: have they tried it with colic
1: no i don't think so it just seemed to work with <laughs> with uh, laminitis
0: uh so so yeah so he is able to lead aspercel quite quite easily out of the trailer as very good good with him obviously likes beer and he's won he's won as hard with, mm-hmm. with some beer yeah and then I like that the trucker, who clearly is in his 50s at <laughs> least, is called Young Man.
1: Yeah, by Aunt Martha.
0: Which, yeah, I guess Aunt Martha's out there, but they feel like they're about the same age. Yes, yeah. And, and it's weird. I mean, this is, I, mean I, always, I can't help but always draw a, a parallel to the, the TV show Emergency, which just kills me watching that show because there'll be a person in the show who's clearly in his 40s or 50s, and they're always said to be in their 30s. And I just think, it's just actor's vanity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for no, sure.
0: No actor wanted to be called, to be like, can we lower the age a little bit for this character? How old do you want to be? I don't know, 20? No. <laughs> no, no. 30? Okay, we'll do 30. Yeah. We'll do 35, but yeah. we're not going to go 20. No. So, so yeah, so the young man gets a refreshment at the bar of his mm-hmm. horse trailer. So it's a pretty handy horse trailer, really. Yeah. Uh, we go to the horse show. This is their first horse show with Aspracell. Helen's riding. She's wearing a red jacket. It
1: would not fly because that would be, at that time it would be reserved for people who were either the master of the hunt or a former member or current member of the country's Olympic team. So yeah, he would definitely not wear the red or pink, as it would be called, jacket. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But she's wearing it.
1: Yeah, she's wearing it. Got to be noticed.
0: Got to be noticed. I guess it's partly got to be noticed and partly, probably the costume designer had no idea about the rules of what to wear and, and things like that. And yeah, so he was just choosing... And, you know, sort of striking clothes. For, and it might for be her. a little
1: bit of a comment because, I mean, so many of the things in this movie, like whoever their advisor was, was super good. Like yeah. their equine advisor. Mm. And that's something you often see is people wearing inappropriate stuff at their in their early days of showing. And okay. we see her dress sense improve as she goes on. and oh, okay. by the end she's wearing a black jacket, which is much more appropriate. But yeah, the colors become less noticeable, which is you know fitting more for the type of riding that she's doing. But at first, it's all like, look at me, look at this, look at you know, and they yeah. come in with the um that big fancy horse trailer, but it's got aspercel and giant letters <laughs> written all over it. and none of the other trailers have that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of kind of look at me, look at me,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of the point of the whole Ooh. exercise, oh, sure. of course, yeah. as well.
1: But Helen doesn't know anything about this. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's only the dad.
0: And we also see a, an MG pulling a horse trailer. Yeah, which, which you wouldn't see
1: nowadays, <laughs> which you see too often nowadays. And
0: we were talking about it, and I was speculating that it was probably because cars in those days were be- built a lot beefier than they are now. Like nowadays, cars are built for to be light mm-hmm. and to be fuel efficient, yeah. and to you know to uh, use up as, as little. Uh, fuel as possible in those days. Of course, gas. They just sprayed it on the side of the road for the heck of it. Yeah. You know, like now. So the cars in the, at that time were probably full frame. You know, could you, when you attached a, a hitch to the to the vehicle, it, it had something to attach to. That you mm-hmm. know, as long as you had the motor. And any car at that time would have been at least a V, if, a V6. Yeah,
1: and there then, the, you know, smaller ones. as we discovered with it when we bought our last truck, you know, gear ratios and things like that, I think there's probably a lot, there would have been less, maybe variety of yeah. different gear ratios and sure, stuff. It would have sure. been probably pretty standard, whereas mm-hmm. now, you know, you can get weaker ones or stronger <laughs> ones or whatever. I don't know the technical terms, but yeah, you, you, have, you know. have to one, get just... one now specific for pulling if you're going to be hauling something. Yeah, yeah. You can't just have a truck and hook it up to any kind of trailer and go, yeah. right? You'll just burn your engine out.
0: And also a lot of the trailers, when you look at them, they're much smaller than the trailers we have nowadays. Like mm-hmm. there, there was the one that the MD was pulling was a single horse right, trailer. Yeah. And not a double or not a double wide, not a, not one for three horses, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I think that's part of it, too. I just think everything's much bigger nowadays. Yes. For, you know, because, because, I mean, even then it existed, the status element of, mm-hmm. of the horse shows. But there was also a practical element as well where people, you know, you wanted to be able to pull your horse to places. So, yeah, the MG is pretty funny. You also see a farrier working, which I thought was kind of yeah, a nice Yeah, little... that was
1: an interesting touch. Yeah, and they could yeah. have very easily left that out. Yeah. But, yeah, it is something that you commonly see. And I think it's just maybe... Something would be interesting if someone's never seen that before. For sure, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there is, well, I mean, I know I remember reading an article. There is like a farrier for Disneyland. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who shoes all the horses that are used for all the things that they do at Disneyland. Whether it's, you know, and they have to use special shoes as well because they don't want to wreck the cobblestones and Mm -hmm. stuff that make make up the decorative road paths and roadways in disneyland so they have these special rubberized shoes that are made specifically for horses at disneyland Mm -hmm. that he would use and that's all very very interesting but yeah this is just a regular old farrier though who's who's uh rasping the foot of a horse prior to putting the shoes on and i noticed that foot was big no it's really thick walls that's unusual that's the old-fashioned the old days of of shoeing yeah feet were left a lot bigger so um Now, the class was hunter equitation, I believe. Yeah,
1: equitation. So, So yeah. they're
0: being judged for...
1: Yeah, equitation is something that traditionally juniors, so 18 and under, would Mm. do. So, an adult wouldn't do an equitation. Um, And what the plan is with this horse and this girl is that they're going to go to back east and go to something... Well, they live back east, theoretically, in this (laughs) story. But, um, yeah, there is... Two classes called the metal and the McClay. Okay. And the McClay has been around since nineteen thirty three, but it's supposed to be like the proving grounds for horsemanship. That's what it was designed as. Okay. And um it's uh the metal class is now um it's sponsored by ASPCA. So yeah, again looking at horsemanship, horse care, et cetera. But nowadays there's three parts to it, which is you'll do a flat test, kind of like a dressage. Uh, You'll do a gymnastic jumping part, and then you'll do a course. And up until a few years ago, you would even switch horses, like the finalists would switch horses, um people that win it will often go on to the Olympics. Um, So for instance, uh, well, George Morris won the medal in McClay. We've only ever had two people from here, Vancouver, win it, one being Laura Tidball who went on to the Olympics as well. Um, Bruce Springsteen's daughter, Jessica, she won it and she's now a top jumper rider. So yeah, it's it's something that if you do win that, it's often a sign that you're going to go on and do well. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, the big ek horses or big equitation horses cost a lot of money. Like nowadays you're looking at probably half a million dollars.
0: Wow. Yeah. Which is why Bruce Springsteen's daughter can afford yeah, to exactly. do that. <laughs> huh. Okay, so we get to meet uh, a young, soon to be star, Kurt Russell, playing Ronnie. Uh he comes over to help to help Dean Jones help Fred tack up Aspersall. He's having some trouble. He's never he's like me when I first met you. He's not never been around a horse before. He doesn't know how to put a saddle on, which is pretty obvious because he puts it practically on the horse's bum.
1: Yeah, he put it on backwards. I think first of all, then <laughs> yeah. it fell off on the ground, and then yeah, well, it
0: fell onto his back. He oh, saw, saved it from falling yeah. right to the ground. Yeah, but yeah, it felt it, uh, but it's still set back too far. I thought. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah,
1: I know it was way too far back. Yeah,
0: and then um, he can't figure out how to put the bridle on, mm-hmm. and so fortunately for him, Ronnie comes over to give him a hand, and Ronnie can easily do it because he is forced to go to horseshoes to, to to drive his sister there, which is the only reason that he has a car is. The deal is he gets to drive a car by take, in order to take his sister to, to shows. Mm-hmm. So fair enough. Yeah. So, and that
1: particular scene is actually, it's it's kind of well done because um, the star is trying to get the bridle on the horse. And to him, it's just a bunch of straps and they're all <laughs> tangled up and yeah, mixed yeah. up and he can't figure out what goes where. And then Ronnie comes over very politely and like, yeah. oh, can I help you, sir? Yeah. He doesn't know this kid really. Yeah. And he just kind of like... And he shakes it and it all turns into a bridle again. And within about five seconds, he's got it on the horse and you can see the star like, how did he do that? Yeah. But actually in the in the book, which I read, yeah. uh, that scene, it was a police officer mm. who in the olden days, I guess police officers used to be at horse shows. Um, but he came over to help and it was, it was kind of done the same way. And just the description of him just like shaking this... Big tangled mess of leather, and it instantly turns into the bridle. I'm like, oh yeah, like I've seen that so many times. Yeah, That's so yeah. great. Yeah. Like if
0: you don't know where, which way the bridle goes, it's mm-hmm. very confusing. Especially, I still get confused over whether the bit goes under the the noseband or over it, or which oh, way it goes. Right. Yeah, it always confuses right. me. Yeah. I am. I am just a poor dad when it comes to horse riding. Everyone. Luckily, my daughters know what they're doing, <laughs> or and my wife for that matter. Um. So yeah. So cell it Does, uh, doesn't do too well.
1: No. I think what happens is the girl, basically, as Ronnie kind of points out, um, she started going off course. Yeah. This is her first horse show. Sure. And she has to rem- memorize a pattern be- before going in. Mm-hmm. And they arrived at the show late. That's and right. And they had planned to be there on time, but there was a change in the schedule. And as soon as they actually pull in and stop, There's an announcement made saying class in four minutes. Yeah. And at this point, she's got no number. The horse is in the trailer. There's no tack on it.
0: Mm -hmm. This feels like us arriving at a show, by the way. (laughs) Pretty (laughs)
1: much. But at least we can put on a bridle now. Um, So, yeah, they they just are in a panic. And so, you know, she's already super elevated from it being her first show. Mm -hmm. And then... Now all this pressure is on because she doesn't have time to go over the course. She doesn't get to warm up. There's nothing. Um, her coach does a really good job, mm-hmm. just like relax. It's okay, and like yeah. like that's what a coach will do, right? Because yeah, yeah. you know, big picture, this is not a big thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But to a kid at the first show, it is a huge thing, and everyone's looking at you, and your friends are judging you. Yeah. And so, anyway, she goes in, she does the first two fences right, and then all of a sudden she forgets where she's going and starts kind of veering around. Yeah. And then, I think she ended up, yeah, she kind it, of half-circled and the horse ran out, and then she represented him and he jumped the rest of the course. Yeah, so, yeah. they completed the class, but Dad's so green... He has no idea.
0: Yeah, he's cheering. Yeah. He's he's moving it up. He thinks he's just seen an Olympics level ride yeah. to take place in front of his very eyes. And then and I like how Ronnie's sitting yeah. beside him and giving him the side eye the whole time.
1: It's <laughs> the best piece of acting in the movie.
0: <laughs> but not just have everyone around them, like all the extras are doing they're doing well too. Like that's all, yeah. it's all it's good good acting going on. Yeah. Everyone's kinda of shaking their heads and like, What's wrong what's with this guy?
1: Yeah. So
0: that's good. So he is uh, he, sorry, he, well, what do I tr- I'm trying well, to he say here? he leaps oh, yeah. up and He claps. doesn't get it. Yeah, he doesn't yeah, get it. Like yeah. we say saying, he doesn't get it. Yeah, he no, leaps he, up and claps. And, and
1: he's yelling, she's won, she's won. And everyone's <laughs> looking at him. And so then all the riders are called back in. And then it said, these two people leave the ring. Mm-hmm. And so she's one of them. And he's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then Ron, yeah. poor Ronnie is the one that has to turn around again yeah. and bail him out and explain to him, well, she got, you know dismissed she's yeah. been asked to leave she's excused she didn't place
0: I, I got lost in my notes here um but yeah so then fred goes to confront Susie, and and she kind of gives him what for
1: again reality check <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. yeah, yeah
1: you're one of those kind of parents <laughs> oh i thought i liked you but i don't
0: <laughs> because and once again because he has an ulterior motive to everything that's happening here mm-hmm. like like a normal parent, you know. Obviously, there's pushy parents out there that are are that kind, but that's not who he is. But the problem for him is that he has this whole ad campaign tied up in right. and all these extra expectations on yeah. top of his daughter that she's unaware of, mm-hmm. that Susie's unaware of. Yeah. No one knows what the re- his motives for what he's doing, and so you know he's pushing, pushing, pushing yeah. for this excellence, yeah. for for. No apparent reason to them, so he just mm-hmm. looks like a, he just looks like that kind of parent. Yeah, he looks yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I see that with people, you know, like people that I teach or people that I deal with, and all of a sudden they're like talking Olympics, and I'm like, "You're twelve? Like, okay, <laughs> that's good to have a long term goal, but people often want to jump right there, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. horse riding, as many sports are." process things, you know, you have to have a goal in mind, but it's the process, the journey that you learn from. Um, And she just sees him as someone who wants to... Buy his way in with this big horse that's already done it, skip the process, and jump right to this goal that he's now dumped on her that no one had talked about before. And you can see that in her face when he says uh, the medals, and she goes, the what? (laughs) Like, she thought we were just doing local shows here.
0: (laughs) uh we didn't mention that uh Susie's the one who found the horse for them, mm-hmm. which aspersall cost five thousand dollars, yes. so even more than the two thousand that he initially mm-hmm. uh almost t- turned white his hair turned white at the idea of. <laughs> uh so yeah so I mean so he yeah he's got this five thousand dollar horse that he has convinced this you know abrasive guy his job is on the line you know now he's vice president at the at the at the ad at the ad company so he's got a promotion but the promotion all hinges on this horse doing well mm-hmm. so he has all this pressure on him too and so he's taking all that pressure and putting it on to Susie right obviously. first time
1: out of the gate
0: yeah <laughs> and so he, there and then he arranges for her to give
1: Susie Helen to yeah, yeah
0: give Susie hel- give sorry for Susie to give Helen l- daily lessons mm-hmm. because he wants well, it's instant results obviously right yeah so um so then we kind of get like a a s- series of scenes where I guess she's improving, and we're yeah, seeing that
1: again. We see part of the process, we saw part of the journey, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, they kind of take a step back from trying to jump courses to all of a sudden they're doing gymnastics or working on the horse's footwork. But they even go back even further than that. And I think she's riding bareback and she's barrel racing, yeah. Which to many people would go, that's totally not applicable, different sport, uh, totally different discipline. Um, but. Actually, in the book, that's yeah. there's kind of two trainers, and one is the lower level. We'll ride bareback. We'll develop your seat. We'll yeah. develop your balance. We'll develop your skills, and then this other sort of George Morris type person steps in and puts all the finishing touches on the rider, mm. who then goes on and does well. But in so just this so people movie, know,
0: uh, who's George
1: Morris? Oh, George Morris was. Um, he was basically the. father of what they call the um, American seat or the forward seat of riding. And we see an example of this later Mm -hmm. in the movie. And not just the American team, but the Canadian team of show jumpers had a very good record through the late 50s, 60s, 70s. Actually, even now, they still do well, but they ride in a very different style than the Europeans did okay. at that time and George Morris was one of the people that he didn't develop it himself, but he was a student of people. There was a guy called Wright and a bunch of other like cavalry officers from the past who taught him these things, and George Morris wrote the book, literally oh, wrote the book okay uh, and
0: so he kind of compiled all these different. Sort of teachings that he that mm-hmm. he had yeah. learned and stuff like that into one kind of right. discipline.
1: Yeah, and he he wrote a book called Hunter Seat Equitation, which outlined um, what this style of riding is like and in the meantime he was also going out and doing it himself so Mm -hmm. he was on the u.s jumper team and he was a gold medalist at the olympics i think they had a team gold and he also won a million dollar jumper competition at spruce meadows and if you ever saw the movie um snowman Uh, In the movie, there was a horse that was sort of taken away from Harry, the rider of Snowman. The horse was called Sinjin for this hoity-toity, spoiled rich boy. And that was George Morris. And So Uh that's the horse that he rode when he won the gold at the Olympics. So, um, and George says... And we would
0: call that horse St. John.
1: Yeah, yeah. St. John is, (laughs) yeah, but they they, 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 uh, pronounce it Sinjin. Um, (laughs) Actually, they they actually rode it Sinjin, but... um, S i n j o n, but okay. yeah, it's it kind of a yeah reference to Saint John, yeah. um, and the British pronunciation of it. But um, yeah, George Morris, uh, he's still considered the best guy, but he's because of Safe Sport, he's not allowed to teach anymore, and that's a fairly new thing. But
0: wait, well, we don't need to go into that. No, but yeah, no, yeah. he's quite a well-known
1: mm-hmm.
0: teacher, trainer. Yeah, he's the chef to keep for, for a long time. For oh, the, for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah for the coach, American team yeah. and
0: everything. Yeah, so uh. Alright, so so then we get uh, seen scene with Fred talking with Susie and we're starting to get like the intimations of a romantic element to the film. So mm-hmm. so this is the so it's not just about horse horse horseback riding. Although I gotta say that when they do show scenes of riding, like at the very first uh, the very first uh, show that that Helen goes to, like it's fun to watch the horses riding at that because they really are just showing people riding yeah. and jumping horses, and they're pretty they're pretty good fences as well. They're not
1: yeah, they're, they're big jumps yeah, for that's... you know um, riders of that age. Uh, so they're all accomplished kids, and they were all uh, the extras for the riding scenes were all from a place called Flint Ridge, okay, which was the big. Riding place where moneyed kids would go or ambitious kids would go. Um, kids with dreams of the Olympics would go. If you lived in California, it was just outside Pasadena. Um, yeah, I was always, because they kept saying Connecticut, Connecticut. I had always thought that all this stuff was filmed back East. But yeah, recently just read it was oh, yeah, yeah California. No, no. They, wouldn't, and, they
0: wouldn't leave yeah, California. It was just no. pretty expensive. So yeah, yeah. It, was,
1: it was Flint Ridge riders. And I think some of the scenes, like maybe the horse show scenes the early horse shows were probably filmed at Flint Ridge. I think Mm -hmm. the riding lesson scenes were all filmed at the Disney studio. Yeah. But apparently like in, uh, Oh, what happened was the Flint Ridge riders, all the juniors, they actually pooled all their money together after the movie and built a big clubhouse, a junior clubhouse for themselves. Oh wow. And they had stills from the movies, big pictures from the movies. And they were very proud of it apparently for, for decades afterwards. Yeah, Yeah. they should be
0: Mm -hmm. awesome. So, so he's asked, he says, I'm gonna ask, I'd am going to. i like to ask you a question. And she interrupts him and says, is it the usual question I get? Which is, A, why aren't you married? And B, I can't remember the other part of it.
1: Basically, you know, what do you do with your life? Why are you yeah. sitting at home? Yeah, <laughs> hanging around with horses all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then she tells him the story of that she was in love with a with a high-level dressage rider. I believe, or a jumper? Was he a jumper Jumper. Rider? jumper. Oh, a jumper yeah. rider, sorry. Yeah. Named Archer Madison. Yes. Which is a very, very preppy name. Mm-hmm. And because any name that can be turned around Madison is a preppy Archer, name. Yeah, yeah it's a preppy name. So he, uh and I have to admit, I, I kind of uh, uh, wasn't paying attention to why they didn't work out as a couple.
1: Well, it didn't act, that part didn't really make sense so much because, you know, she said, I would rather be sitting at home um at night by myself reading my book. Mm. But she said what he wanted was to go around and... um traveled the world, and I wanted to have the pitter-patter of little feet. Oh, okay. But she's trading the pitter-patter, or, you know, tr- being with him um, with just sitting at home by herself. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't think so. Hmm. I like being at home.
1: <laughs> you should marry her.
0: <laughs> so so with all, all these lessons begin to turn the tide for Helen, she begins to win. And we see her at different shows, sort of a montage of her uh, riding and winning and Mm -hmm. and, and Aspercell doing well.
1: Yeah. And basically what she has to do is win three medals regionally, locally to qualify to go to the medal in McClay. Yeah. And that's how it works. Sure. Yeah.
0: So um, she has a conversation with Ronnie and he invites her to see a movie, which he tries to like, you know, he, she first can't believe that he wants to take her to a movie because mm-hmm. he's a handsome young lad.
1: Yeah, and he's got a car. And he's
0: got a car, and uh, and she's but she but he finally convinced her to go out on Saturday
1: because it's not a horse show day.
0: It's not a horse show day. Not a horse show because she's all about the horse shows. Yeah. Now at this show, Dugan shows up unexpectedly,
1: and he's not happy.
0: And unwantedly, and yes, and he's not happy. And he he and and Fred get into it, and Fred is saying you know you're not giving me time to to you know like we are already getting attention we are already getting notice we are already getting uh you know write-ups and and because this is at a time by the way everyone this is at a time when people like newspapers which at that time were important in terms of media like actually paid attention to horse shows and not just big horse shows it might take place at madison square garden but little county shows and stuff like that would have reporters from newspapers go there and write up stories on the on Jumping, mm-hmm. which is yeah. bizarre to us now, of course, when we only concentrate on three or four sports at any one time in the newspaper. There was once a time when all kinds of different sports were talked about in newspapers and were given attention. But those... And
1: different levels, too. Yeah. yeah. Different levels of those sports. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those days are done. So uh, Helen overhears this conversation, though, and she realizes that she's not just expected what she thought. She was just riding for fun. She was getting this horse. And even though her dad seems strangely
1: stressed d- stressed
0: yeah. and driven for her to succeed, she she doesn't realize why until she hears this conversation that her dad is under a lot of pressure. His job depends on her winning.
1: And yeah, this guy has bought the horse. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah none of this she was aware of.
0: That's right. And so she is now under pressure. She's she's scared. She's fearful because now everything rests on her. It's not it's not she's the person who who holds her dad's future in her hands. Mhm and so she's feeling all this pressure and you know fred tries to make it seem normal but but helen obviously is feeling feeling this this so and we see that in a conversation they have where um he phones home from chicago he's in chicago on business and he phones home and talks to helen and helen was you know he fully expected her to get her final medal that she needed at the this rockford show Mm -hmm. as we learn and you know there's even a poster on the or a like a kind of a uh
1: yeah above their mantle, so it's very very important to them because above the fireplace mantle, yeah. all that's up there are her ribbons and her medals, and then there's this big blank space with a little card reserved for
0: Rockford, yeah, yeah.
1: Rockford medal, and then she doesn't win or is it
0: Rockbound? I can't remember. So, exactly. I think
1: it was Rockford, whatever.
0: Yeah. So so yeah so and so she when she's talking to to him, he's like. Obviously, he's phoned because he wants to know what happened, mm-hmm. but he's trying to make it seem like, oh, it's all, oh, it's fine. Everything's yeah. hunky-dory. It's Mr. Casual. Yeah, but she is totally feeling it. Like, she is stressed out by this phone call, and and she's trying to seem normal, too. So, both of them are trying to seem normal and not stressed out, but they're both stressed out and not, and uh, and when he hangs up, then she, uh, I guess the scene kind of ends. You just kind of see her not happy.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: We cut to the next day. He arrives home early from Chicago. He comes home and no one's home. So he, he decides to relax. He changes out of his suit and tie into a, a into a loose-fitting yellow shirt with the most hideous a button pair up of... button-up shirt. Yeah. A button-up shirt yeah. with the most hideous pair of Bermuda plaid, red plaid Bermuda shorts. Yeah. And a pair of really, really fluffy sneak slippers mm-hmm. that he's wearing walking it's around. Quite in get up. <laughs> it's quite the get-up. It's uh, quite the get-up. So he's relaxing in his boxer shorts, sitting on the couch... And Aspercel, being the friendly horse that he is, uh, he hears that he's home. Probably hears the crack of the beer can. He comes jumping out of the paddock, the field, out yeah. of the paddock, uh, and crosses over to the house and sticks his head in through the window and starts and starts a conversation with Fred, who uh, is mad at him for not winning at Rockford.
1: But he's ca- sort of casually mad. He kind of calls him a loser. Yeah, yeah. And says, "You just want my beer." But then he's like, "Oh well, whatever." Yeah, and yeah. So yeah.
0: But Aspercel gets upset about this, nonetheless, mm-hmm. and he runs away. And so, so Fred has to chase after him in his getup. Uh, so he's running down the street or across the fields uh, wearing fuzzy slippers, plaid Bermuda shorts, which actually just look like boxer shorts to yes. me, and a yellow, a yellow button-up shirt. What's that? Uh,
1: that's what I thought they were at first, and then I realized they're shorts. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, they go for the long run through, through field, over Hill and Overdale, mm-hmm. or Underdale. Whichever way, whichever way Dales Dales are. Uh, And then he finally catches up to the horse. The horse kind of gets tires out or gets bored or whatever. Oh, no, because he's laying on the ground and the horse comes up and starts nuzzling Mm
1: -hmm.
0: him. I was wondering how they did that. They must have put something that he wanted underneath Dean Jones because he really seemed to be trying to move him out of the way. Well,
1: yeah, he was a very uh, food motivated horse, I think.
0: (laughs) Okay. And so during this time, Aunt Martha... And Helen have come home, and they discover that aspercell is gone, and they immediately assume that something bad has happened because apparently Fred has left his clothes scattered all over the house, and the horse is gone. So they phone the police, and uh, meanwhile, Fred has somehow managed to mount Aspercel, which was a pretty good sequence, sort of series of scenes yeah. where he's trying to.
1: Because it's real life. You get out and you have to get off your horse or your horse decides you have to get off. And <laughs> all of a sudden you have to get back on and you're like, how do I do this? So he tried a variety of methods. And there's no
0: saddle. He had no saddle. Okay. So usually you could just put your foot into the, into the stirrup and mm-hmm. lift yourself up.
1: Yeah. And he didn't even have a bridle. All he had was yeah. like a rope halter. And yeah. then he decides, because it's a long walk home, oh, why don't I try riding? And so he just kind of...
0: Yeah. What interesting part of that scene, though, is how, e- how easy he finds it to put the halter on now. Yes. Yeah. So that shows some... Doesn't some, take long. Yeah. yeah. It shows some growth. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so he gets onto Aspersella and he's riding along the just road. Just
1: walking. Yeah.
0: Just walking. Yeah, just walking on a along. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Having some fun. S- suddenly,
0: a police car with its siren comes come blaring, comes up, zooming up, cro- zooms past him, screeches into the road and comes to a, you know, kind of... Uh, screeches around and and at an, angle, yeah. at an angle to to block the road, scaring Aspercell, who then with with uh, him on his back takes off at a at a gallop, and now everyone Dean Jones is not riding the horse at this point. There's <laughs> there's a stunt rider obviously riding the horse, yeah. who as you pointed out has to turn his head. Yeah. At every at every <laughs> jump, so that we don't we don't see his face. That's right. Yeah. He, he had much lighter hair than Dean yeah, Jones did. Yeah. There. And also, he could ride a horse.
1: Yeah, no, he is a well-known hunter jumper trainer from California called Kenny Nordstrom. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah, he was he was quite proficient. He was a Grand Prix jumper rider okay. himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but that's pretty good because he's not just riding over jumps in a in a in a. In a ring, he's riding over fences into people's backyards mm-hmm. and through through clothes hanging from a through, yeah. th- from, through a line. And
1: galloping across the field, and the horse starts bucking as well, or crow hopping. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't an easy ride.
0: <laughs> no, that's right. He did too, yeah. didn't he? he got excited. Yeah. He's probably just been like pitter-patting around for all the for all this movie stuff, mm-hmm. or just doing short little bits, right. with the cut. You know, to get over there. And now yeah. finally he gets to
1: yeah, blast off. To blast. <laughs> this is fun. Let's go. <laughs> This guy knows how to ride.
0: <laughs> so this is probably the most frustrating part of the movie for me because well we'll just finish the scene. So yes, uh, Dean Dean Jones, A.K.A. Kenny Nordstrom, rides his horse. You know, being chased by the police but by a police car. They're still in the police car. They're driving. They're following him like <laughs> driving him with the siren on.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: driving over fields themselves, and then uh, he goes over a seven foot wall,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then crashes into a.
1: Greenhouse, yeah. A kind
0: of a greenhouse. It's weird though, isn't it?
1: It it was a kind of wooden greenhouse or garden shed, I guess. But yeah, yeah, apparently Kenny Nordstrom said, you better get this in one shot because we're not going to be able to get the horse near this thing again. (laughs) Because he jumped the seven foot wall, ran a couple strides through someone's garden and then the horse... Ran up to this garden shed, which had kind of a flimsy wooden wall, yeah, yeah. and the rider was the one who got catapulted through. The horse didn't jump into yeah, the yeah. garden shed, yeah. but um, you was can he? S- uh,
0: was it? Wasn't a stuntman. It was him who went through the yeah, the phase, yeah, what?
1: yeah. He said, "You, you get this in one shot because we're only doing it once." Um, <laughs> but you can see, like, when the horse, like gets to the wall he spins and he like bolts away um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's good yeah. most of the time your focus is on the person yeah, i i notice never that. noticed that until till this time because okay. i'd read that thing that kenny said so, yeah, yeah yeah
0: that's, that's interesting mm-hmm. so yeah yeah no I, I can see that yeah it would be pretty hard to get that horse to agree to that particular mm-hmm. maneuver again yeah i'm surprised he even jumped over any seven foot fences at all after that so uh the police arrest him he ends up in jail, which is, of course, ridiculous. This is, I, this is, I hate I hate the jail scene in any
1: movie. Any yeah.
0: movie. I, it bothers me in Bringing Up Baby. I don't know. It always feels like it just bogs the movie down with the most ridiculous... No need.
1: Mm-hmm. There's no
0: need for people to go to jail. Like... You know, like
1: well, and for them to let his friends in and take pictures of him. yeah, they just... don't believe who he is, and, he, yeah. and their friends
0: won't say what his real yeah. name is because you know it's just, Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, I was, I was more that made me so unhappy that sequence in the movie because <laughs> yeah, Maury Ab- Amsterdam shows up, Charlie shows up, and with a photographer, and they're taking pictures of him with the idea that this is good publicity for Astrucel.
1: Any publicity is good publicity, I guess.
0: So the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about. But yeah it's it's so silly and then of course they whatever out of spite or because or their uh, prankishness or whatever they don't they won't say his who he really is to Mm -hmm. the police so the police don't believe that he is the owner of of aspercel and aspercel has been returned to to the family he wasn't there for that like it doesn't make any sense yeah so then um yeah so he's he finally gets gets released but it's just so so ridiculous meanwhile ronnie comes for his for his date with with uh with with helen and helen can't go she's gonna he's gonna stand him up stand him up and ronnie is so upset he has worn a tie
1: for this <laughs> date as he points out
0: i i've worn a tie but she you know she's you know she's worried about Aspracell. he went you know he he took off susie's coming over to check on him and she she just can't yeah, you know her she's, dad's she's super
1: stressed about her dad's situation yeah yeah and
0: she's and she starts crying, and because he's, you know, Ronnie accuses her of just loving horse shows, and mm-hmm. she says, "I hate horse shows." You know, and she starts crying and says, "I hate horse shows." You know, because to her, then no, this is not fun. All mm-hmm. she feels is this terrible pressure yeah. to live up to her dad's expectations. Otherwise, her dad's out of a job, yeah. and it's all her fault because she can't ride. And so she's feeling all this, and Ronnie's like, "Oh, this is terrible." And so when when Fred finally gets home from from jail, uh, brought back by apologetic police who are more <laughs> so, so weird <laughs> they're
1: all sitting all three of them yeah, and the on the uh, front seat together
0: which I guess is easier for filming but this is so weird yeah they're it's all like, like good friends they're all like good buddies sorry we arrested you and also chased you through a field and got you thrown through a fence or through <laughs> a uh, into a greenhouse well, we forgot to mention that it's a Chinese guy who owns the greenhouse and he's
1: I think he's a servant or their gardener oh the gardener yeah.
0: okay okay
1: I think he was Japanese oh he was a Japanese yeah. guy
0: I guess that makes more sense yeah. for sure uh It just felt kind of weird, like, I don't know why he's just yelling away in Japanese. I guess that was hilarious in the 60s. (laughs) It would have been. Oh, those Japanese people. So Ronnie waits, sitting outside in the dark, waiting for Fred to return. And when Fred returns, he confronts him.
1: Reality check. Another reality check. That's
0: right. It tells him that Helen is unhappy and is not enjoying writing anymore. It's nothing but, it's just, just over it, basically, you know.
1: Which sounds like a weird thing, but it happens so often. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I know there was a couple families, um, girls I rode with, They would, their parents would actually have to stop on the way to a horse show as they were driving so that the girl could throw up outside of the vehicle mm. before they even got onto the horse show grounds. Yeah. I, I was like totally baffled by that. Like, how could you be that? Like, but so stressed out so completely stressed out you never
0: stressed out at shows when you're
1: well i think not that way no i mean you need to get elevated you know you need to get excitement but
0: you need a little adrenaline yeah
1: but yeah if you get to that point then it's no good you know i had a kid i was teaching a couple years ago and i had to talk to the dad because the mom wasn't listening and i they were taking the horse out just to kind of get it used to going to places because the girl was so scared and the mom would not listen at all. And so we had been taking this horse out and then the dad said, oh, yeah, it seems to be getting better. I said, yeah, yeah, she's got a long way to come though. I said, you know, her Instagram account name is just trying not to die. I said, you know that, don't you? And he didn't say anything. Then about two minutes later, he's like, I had no idea. Huh. And she's completely switched disciplines now. Yeah. But, yeah, she almost didn't she, ride for years. She was jumping? Was she yeah, okay. venting, yeah. And she wasn't
0: enjoying that, obviously. No. Yeah. No,
1: but the mum would not take no for an answer. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah.
0: And, w- and what does this girl do now? Dressage? Dressage. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Huh. So, yeah, it's That's not terrible. unusual. Yeah, it's, it's funny. really...
0: It's funny how those messages are out there.
1: Yeah, the messages are out there and the dad said... You'll think that I'm a bad parent, but I had no idea. And he felt, you could tell, sincerely, he felt bad about Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's your own kid. Be aware of what your kid's doing on social media. (laughs) More than one way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, So, yes, so in Fred's defense, he goes in the house and basically tells Helen that that's it.
1: In a very nice way, in a very very caring way. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, What if I want to? He's like, No, you don't want to.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then she's like, But do we have to sell him? And he's like, No, he's part of the family. Like, that's all she wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, she's lost her mom. Yeah. Does she need to lose her horse too? No. So, yeah, he's a great dad. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah. He just sometimes loses his way or perspective a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, he created this idea as a way for his daughter to get a horse. For
1: sure. Yeah. He but was trying to be good. And if, if all the stars had aligned, it would have been perfect. Yeah. But how often does that happen? Yeah, not very right? often. Right. So you've got to kind of still be in touch with reality.
0: So that evening, the same evening, he's come home. He's talked to Helen. He's relieved Helen of her duties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Yeah, I think that is interesting because, yeah, she says, what if I want to? And he says, no, but you don't want to. Now you're just trying to please me. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want. Yeah. I don't want that from you. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so Susie comes to check on Aspercell to make sure Aspercel is okay after it's his jaunt through the through the fields. And I don't see why he would be bad. Maybe going through the, but the clothesline wouldn't have been helpful. Yeah, or I mean who knows? Stop.
1: Could have strained a tendon yeah, or whatever. That's true, sure, you know, yeah, there's yeah. ligament tendon damage, soft tissue, whatever. hmm
0: mm-hmm. So so uh yeah, he was being chased. He wasn't just running for, for the fun of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: S- um yeah, so she examines him, says he looks looks good and everything like that, and then that's when Fred tells her that Helen won't be riding won't be writing him anymore in shows. So they're gonna that's over with. And so Susie, I guess I guess she understands that the the, what he wanted was to get to the International Horse mm-hmm, Show. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she volunteers to do it.
1: Yeah, because he mentioned that the police measure everything. He, oh, yeah, yeah that's Yeah, when right. he was retelling sort of briefly the, mm. the chase scene, and he's like, yeah, we even jumped over a wall. He said it was a seven-foot wall. Actually, the police measure everything. It was seven-foot one. And she's like what seven no there's only a few horses in the world that can jump seven foot one so instantly her wheels start turning yeah yeah
0: yeah. and so yeah she sees this opportunity and so she says i i'll do it Mm -hmm. i will ride him and so now before this can happen she wants the horse to be checked over by someone other than herself to make sure that that yes this horse could actually do what they want it to do
1: reality check
0: yeah (laughs) and this this person is her old flame Archer Madison. Oh, Fred is not happy about this. <laughs> Fred is not happy about this, but he has not told Susie how he feels, so he can just silently fume.
1: Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, his daughter is going, isn't he dreamy? <laughs> yes. Dad, look at him.
0: So handsome.
1: Yeah.
0: Played by Lloyd Bachner. who, uh, if you don't know who Lloyd Bachner is, you do know who Lloyd Bachner is, because he is like, mister, I'll play that doctor. I'll be that pipe-smoking dad. I will be that... That lawyer. He's got that look. Yeah. yeah. He's just always, he, he's a character actor, a working actor for many years. So uh, Susie rides the uh, course with, with quite high jumps.
1: Mm-hmm. At home.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. At her place. And at S.J. Clemens Writing
1: Academy. Uh, writing <laughs> Academy,
0: as it's called. Because uh, uh, I like that uh, Fred calls her S.J. throughout the movie mm-hmm. rather than Susie. Right. Kind of like a slightly formal, ironic yes. way of of, ad- of addressing her. And so she's trying to like ride and Arch is trying to talk to her and she gets distracted and she comes off the horse, comes off of Aspercell, And of course, that's it for Fred. He's like, nope, this is it. You're not riding this horse. She's like, no, no, this is fine. It's okay.
1: It's part of the game.
0: It's part of the game. (laughs) Exactly right. If you don't come off a horse, you're not riding. And actually, I think it's personally speaking, I think it's good to fall off a horse because I think you can create a. Uh, a situation in your mind where it's a terrible thing to fall off a horse mm-hmm. if you don't for a long time and then you, it's, it becomes a worry in your mind that one day I will.
1: I'm there. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> well, I haven't fallen off for a long time now.
0: Well, it's different for us now where we yeah, are, here in our yeah. advanced I'm state. I'm old. If I yeah. can fall
1: off, it's bad. <laughs> if
0: you, yeah. Like when, when I used to come off a horse, I mean, it was just like...
1: <laughs> yeah, made of cartilage, bounce, yeah, get back on. Get
0: back on. Giddy oh up, well. go. Oh, well. It's all right. Yeah. Also, I knew how to fall. Yeah. Because I, I love to pretend to fall. Mm-hmm. So coming off a horse was is no different than... Pretending I was a stuntman from when I was a kid, you know, and so I knew to land on my shoulder, and I knew how to land, I knew how to break the fall, and Mm -hmm. everything else, so I never hurt myself. Tuck and roll. Tuck and roll. But, but I think if I did that now, I'd have to get airlifted (laughs) (laughs) out of there.
1: Well, like, uh, Eddie, one of the dads I teach, he was a stuntman, and he was telling me about doing a movie in Calgary, and he said it was his last movie as a stuntman, because... He said this director was no good, and they just decided at the last minute to put in this scene where he was going to get shot. And first he was just going to get shot – but then the dis- director decided it would be good if he got shot and then came off the horse. And so they had hooked up this big, like, hook to the back of him. And they use a lot of, like, wires that are you can't see with yeah, horses. Yeah, yeah. So that they run straight when there's no riders on them. So mm-hmm. you're in this, like, chute, uh, basically fishing line is yeah, what it is. Yeah. And he said i don't know what went wrong but something went wrong and when this thing grabbed him like when he got shot this yeah. thing grabbed him and it just like launched him backwards and he was going fast like yeah, yeah. horse galloping will be like 38 miles an hour or so mm-hmm. um and he ended up having to get airlifted out of there in a helicopter to the hospital mm. and yeah he was quite badly hurt so anyway Change of job after that. <laughs> Still working in the movie industry, but not a stunt rider anymore.
0: Yeah, wow, that's not good. No, I do like that. Archer Madison advises Susie to keep her knees tighter <laughs>
1: yeah. when she gets back on again. Exactly the wrong advice, <laughs> exactly. Archer.
0: And I feel like, well, that's just a case of an actor being asked to improvise. Yeah. Yeah. Just say something to her yeah. when she takes off. Uh, Lloyd and he, Lloyd's like, oh, I don't know what what. It, how do you ride a horse? So I guess knees tighter. <laughs> and that's a classic story of my brother riding with you in time when he, he reflexively tightened his knees around, oh, around, yeah. around one of our ponies and took off at a bad gallop down the road. <laughs> like about a, you know, like about what, about a half a mile
1: oh, at least, yeah. up a hill
0: mm-hmm. tearing down the street. Of course, this horse was food motivated. So it, yeah. it fortunately ran into
1: back home, ran,
0: ran back, back home, home. home. And my brother got off and, uh, Famously said, "Oh my nads" to <laughs> my,
1: to my mother-in-law, <laughs> which she thought was hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she's a nurse, so any any physical discomfort is hilarious. So uh, now, as I said, Fred is unhappy. He's he's worried about um, he's worried about Archer and Susie. Mm-hmm. Next thing, it just cuts right away to them being in Washington D.C. They're at the international. Hors- what is it called? The yeah, the
1: international Hors- international
0: horse show, and.
1: Which is a real show. Which is a real it's show, big, yeah. yeah it's and a big ba- thing.
0: basically, yeah. they went to Washington D.C. Yeah. and filmed the actual show.
1: Yes, yeah. And
0: so it's pretty wonderful to watch, actually. Uh-huh. Like if you were a couple of horse nerds like us, and I'm going to put myself as a horse nerd. I've learned from, from my wife, who is
1: horse crazy, that <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
0: that that uh, well, this is how much fun it is to watch horse riding of any sort. I mean, I can watch dressage and enjoy it as mm-hmm. as, as well. But jumping is my favorite thing to watch. I think that's like a real. It's just sort of more thrilling than dressage, but uh, and these are this is high level riding as mm-hmm. well. Like they are jumping. I don't know if they're jumping seven feet, but they're def- definitely no. jumping four to five feet.
1: Yeah, they're probably five foot six or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you're getting to watch like actual riding of that of that time period as well. So you're seeing like like riding taking place in the 1960s, mm-hmm. and you were saying that there were sort of different eras of of
1: yes, because um, originally. Horse shows like the Olympics and high level horse shows, you was only open to members of the military and that's up until world war ii it wasn't until after world war Two that you went from the military era into what they called the era of the amateur where okay. all of a sudden regular people were like hey i could do that <laughs> and you know many people had to be of a particular social level to be able to afford it which yeah. is kind of what um duggan is going after or dugan whatever his name is dugan yeah, yeah dugan is going after because you know he Sees that as you know a particular social class, yeah, but yeah, so these people who are amateurs who start to ride, and you still get a mix of the people in military uniform at sure. that time. Sure. Um, but even having recently written, reread rather, a whole bunch of Dick Francis books, there's the last one I read was he was the jockey for um, the Queen Mother, mm. and the carrot and then he became an author of mystery books, and the character in the last book I was just reading was having the big kind of moral dilemma of whether he should go from being an amateur jockey to a professional because that was a step down in class if you were doing it for the money okay then you're not as good as that person who's doing it for the love of the sport right oh, Boy, so yeah so anyway what i mean a poisonous that
0: poisonous idea yeah
1: it, it kind of prevails in a lot of different disciplines but yeah in show jumping and inventing in particular we had The military era, which was followed by the amateur era, which came after World War II. Um, And women were not even allowed to compete in, say, Olympic-level competition or high-level competition until... I think the first woman was, like, for the American team in eventing, was Tokyo Olympics, which is
0: 1964.
1: Wow. So, yeah, that's... And the first Canadian to compete internationally was an 18-year-old girl in the late 50s who went over to England and not at the Olympics, but competed internationally. Mm. Um, Her family brought the Revlon makeup um, brand into Canada, so again, very well-off people. Yeah. But... um, Yeah, women weren't allowed into the sport until much later than men were. But yeah, it went from military to amateurs, and then women came in. And then the next phase, which is the one that we're in now, is the professional athlete. And so people are... You're paid, you get sponsorship, it's big money, mm-hmm. um, It's and it's very technical as well, which we could see with the courses that they had there. Yeah. you know, I mentioned that the course that she was doing in her very first horse show was kind of like a course we'd see half, well, I guess this was 1950 sixty eight, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, but um even for that time, just going up the long wall, down the middle, up the next long wall, that yeah. was sort of like a nineteen twelve Olympic jumper course. That's okay. what they did. Yeah. Um and then later on they started going across the arena on a diagonal. Whoa, what an innovation. <laughs> um and so now courses you twist and turn and you jump and you do angles yeah, and you do yeah. all sorts of different things. It's yeah. much, much more technical. But um and-
0: uh, other thing is, there's way less mistakes nowadays. Oh, like, for sure. It, when we're watching yeah. this, there's a lot of rails getting mm-hmm. knocked down and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be like just par for the course, and yeah. no one's no one's getting too upset about it. No. But nowadays, like it's a disaster yeah. if your horse knocks down a rail.
1: Yeah. Well, while you're riding. you know, And talking about that uh, McLean medal, which is what the original goal was. One of the big guys that won the McLean. In the early days was a guy called Bill Steinkraus, who is still considered to be the best sort of equitation rider in the world. He also won gold medal at the Mexico Olympics for the USA, Mm. but he was a stockbroker during the day. So he had a day job and he would just, you know, drive home and ride if it wasn't too dark, right? (laughs) Um, Compared to people now who, you know, have... you know million dollar horses bought for them and um they've got eight to ten horses they ride a day and like Ian Miller who is one of the best he actually holds the record for being in the most Olympics of any person in any discipline any sport in the world Hmm. um and he's a Canadian and he said I will not get on a horse that won't jump three feet If it is that green, I cannot risk my sponsor's money to get on a horse like that. If you're going to bring me a horse, he said, I don't care if it's going to the Olympics. It needs to have a certain level of training. Hmm. It's too big a risk otherwise. So, yeah, I mean, that's we've evolved as a sport from (laughs) something that people just did for fun, right? Yeah, yeah, Or to something now that it is a big money sort of job for many people. Sure.
0: Yeah. And maybe this movie reflects that transition as well Mm -hmm. because here we have have a horse it's purely a commercial venture, Yeah. you know, and it is sort of almost like a professional thing that's yeah. being done here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we do see the military rider there as well. So we yeah. see kind of transition of all three eras. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very, it's interesting. I kind of love many things about this movie because there's a lot of things that are fairly prescient, I think.
0: Yeah. So Susie and Aspercell do well. Uh, she is, I guess it's a week long competition.
1: Yeah. Six days, he said.
0: And so you get yeah. points. You get points per day.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, depending so, upon your how you place. Yeah, yeah you just yeah. gather points.
0: So we see her get a, p- a plate for her first mm-hmm. day. She wins
1: she, the first competition. She goes clear She's the only the clear round, yeah. I think.
0: And we don't see the other four days, though. We just see that as like kind of, kind of opens up. Mm-hmm. The, and so we have a sense of what they're doing every day. They don't want to do every day, obviously. Yeah. And so, And so we kind of break from that. We have a scene where Fred comes to her... Tack room or tent? It looks like a tent, but...
1: <laughs> that weird. is a tack room, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if you ever go to a real fancy big horse show, that's what tack rooms are like. It oh, okay. is crazy. Okay. Yeah, and people, like, decorate them all up. It's it's kind of like, I don't know, it's crazy town. And you get the big <laughs> curtains and everything with yeah. your stall name. And Okay. people bring in whole, like, living room sets and stuff. And all their clients sit there. all
0: right. All yeah,
1: right. it's a big deal.
0: So, Fred comes to visit Susie and her... Tent slash tack room. room. <laughs> uh, and he clearly is smitten with her. He's going to propose propose to her. But then he keeps getting interrupted by people. People keep coming yeah, and interrupting. the Chilean
1: rider comes and the, wishes her well. Yes.
0: And then Helen comes, I think. And, mm-hmm. and then Archer shows up. Yeah. And he takes her over completely. Yeah. And starts Discuss planning. strategy. Discuss strategy. I want you to tighten those knees. <laughs> And
1: don't open those knees for that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so fred just goes away unhappy, sad, sadly, and probably feeling that you know she's had feelings for Archer and she still has feelings for Archer and he's just he's just a, he's a second run he's a he's a no hoper here. Mm-hmm. he's he hit a rail and um now, so everything goes great all week long for aspercel and for Susie, and we come to the final day. and I guess they've already had like a clear round her and the Chilean rider, who is a lieutenant, mm-hmm. we learn. So this is, as you said, a military guy who's also a really friendly guy. Yeah,
1: he seems nice. He's really nice. Yeah. Like
0: he's always wishing her and congratulating mm-hmm. her and he seems really, he seems like a great sport. Yeah. You know, he's just there for fun. He doesn't, he's not mad. He's not throwing stuff on the ground because he's, he's mm-hmm. losing or whatever. And uh, he's wearing these kind of cool tinted glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it comes off to a jump off between him riding his horse, which is called Rascala, mm-hmm. and Aspercel. So there's a jump off. Now, what is a jump off here?
1: Oh, jump off is just once they've decided who the finalists are, uh, then in this case, which is what they used to do in the olden days, um, simply because they had more time and it was a bigger event and you kind of stretch it out. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, what do you call it at, at the end of a hockey game if you have a tie? uh overtime overtime it's kind of like overtime yeah when we went to that hockey game i was like Ugh. anyway <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean why are we going because uh? like isn't it time to go home now but
0: <laughs> well that's the only hockey team you're gonna, hockey game you're gonna go see there anyway you had everything um, in that game you got you got a full hockey game which is pretty good yeah then you got overtime yeah and then you got the shootout.
1: Yeah. And then it was I don't even
0: like the shootout, but you got to see like all every all aspect of stuff. the game. And, and then here it, you leave dissatisfied because it didn't end soon enough. Well, it was uh, oh, and it brother. was the
1: last game before before COVID shut That's down. That's true. Too. That's right. Yeah. Before
0: the court everything got shut down.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so what is a jump off? Um what they did at this horse show, which is what they used to do commonly, is they would have the riders who qualified, in other words, had a clear round, come in, and they would raise all the jumps. And I think for this one, they put the wall up to seven foot one or something? Seven foot uh, no, that's, the, that, round? that's for the
0: second oh, okay. round. Yeah. So this um, one, it's still high.
1: Yeah. So they would put the jumps up. So you'd raise a raise jump off. It probably and then, six
0: feet, the, the wall. Yeah.
1: And so then everyone jumps around and then they were clear, both of them, again.
0: That's right. So in this case, Susie and Aspercel, yeah, they go clear. Yeah. And then uh, Rascala goes clear as well. Yeah.
1: And so then if one of them had had faults, then they would have been, the other person would have been the automatic winner. Yeah. But they both went clear again. So now they put the wall up to seven foot one. That's correct. And um, they it's whoever is the fastest. So
0: they set and, a timer as well.
1: Yeah. And so nowadays, typically you'll go in and when you have your clear rounds, then you just go immediately in and do the jump off for time we don't do the two jump offs anymore okay but um yeah and then the lady i don't know if i should talk about the lady who rode because it was not it was Susie the, ac- the character writing yeah, but yeah. they had now not suzy the actor no
0: ride. they had a actual they had someone writing for her and- yeah
1: so yeah this lady was a lady called kathy kuzner who was an American rider and she was an Olympian. I think she got an Olympic silver individual and then she won two golds. Um, mm-hmm. So she was in four different Olympics. Wow. And then she was the first female jockey in the United States. Hmm. Um, and she had to go to court to become a jockey as well because it was only males at that time. She just thought she'd be allowed to go and do that yeah. because of Bill of Rights had passed or something. <laughs> and her interpretation was, I should be allowed to do this. I and guess
0: the, went, e- the Equal Rights Amendment, I suppose. I guess, yeah,
1: yeah. And um, then they went, no, no. And so, yeah, she went and fought it. And then after that, she became a professional like pilot and flew Learjets. But huh. yeah, she was a very... Uh, Driven
0: person, obviously, (laughs) four
1: foot 11, weighed 99 pounds, so tiny little person. But yeah, yeah, she was the person that that rode this horse. She also, at 18 years of age, uh, set the record for um, jumping seven foot one as well. So, highest highest jump a female had ever done. She did at 18 years of age. So, um, what we saw in the film was kind of uh, maybe not at the same age, but her, Yeah, yeah. yeah, what she'd already done herself in her youth too sure yeah interesting interesting person yeah
0: so she so she yeah so she writes all the jumping sequences obviously they didn't get the actress who
1: (laughs) could barely ride ride. like
0: helen looked okay when she was writing she
1: did she did
0: she did but uh
1: And even Dean Jones, when he was just walking along and doing a little bit of trotting, he actually was fine. Yeah. Obviously, he couldn't gallop and jump, I would guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, they do not want... Well, I mean, he might have been able to do a little bit of that, but mm -hmm. for insurance reasons, they wouldn't want to have the actor crashing through a greenhouse. Yeah,
1: no, he looked comfortable, though, on a horse. He
0: did look comfortable, and he looked... didn't. yeah. Whereas when uh, Susie got up I mean, she didn't look uncomfortable, but she obviously was not a rider yeah,
1: and she seemed yeah. to get better at times. There were some scenes where you're like, "Whoa, you know <laughs> she wasn't doing much, and she was barely hanging on yeah but, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, that's my piece of advice to all to all people who want to be actors is learn to ride because mm-hmm. you will you will in your career be expected to ride, and you will look terrible if you don't learn well, to I ride I
1: think it'll make you more marketable too yeah yeah, for yeah. Sure. like margot who, who we used to keep the horses with mm-hmm. she signed up as an extra and they're like oh you know how to ride and there was a big thing of excitement yeah
0: (laughs) oh that's good so yeah so uh they go for their second jump off and rascala gets four faults can't make it over the giant wall she she knocks uh, knocks down a few of the top pieces aspersel's turn now susie and aspersel this is it We know Aspercel can jump seven feet. We Mm -hmm. saw him jump seven feet and crash into a greenhouse. He's going to be perfectly comfortable jumping over seven feet. I don't know why a horse would be comfortable. Why would they think it would be comfortable after having a house on the other side of (laughs) it? Anyway. (laughs) It's funny. I was I was joking with you when we were watching the film. It looked like there was a trampoline on the other side of the the wall that we were keeping out of sight because the way horses came over it, it just seemed so. Oh well, bouncy. your
1: trajectory is so much different because yeah. of the height. You know, they okay. have to go up, and they also have to use their body so much differently Like yeah. usually you have like a bascule, which is kind of the same shape as a dolphin jumping. You know, yeah. up out of the water, and that yeah. would be a normal jump trajectory. But then all of a sudden you put this outrageously high thing, and they they literally have to stand on their back feet and propel themselves straight up and then try and shift over and down and get their undercarriage up out of the way. And yeah, there's a yeah. lot of strength and coordination involved. Yeah. And it's a very not natural, mm-hmm. you know, thing, way of mm-hmm. moving for a horse.
0: So we're talking about, we're talking about people riding, of course, and some people's criticism of riders, especially in like Olympics and stuff like that, is that the horse is the athlete and the, the rider is the passenger response
1: (laughs) are you looking at me well um certainly the horse is the brawn and the person is the brain it's a partnership but there is a lot of physical fitness that is required um when you ride i know
0: eve would be exhausted after riding harris around a pretty simple jump. yeah like a
1: one minute and 20 second jump course yeah Yeah. like red faced and puffing (laughs) yeah um and yeah, it requires a lot of a lot of muscle. I know there was a study that was done of of jockeys, and that it said that that was one of the most physically demanding sports because you it requires you to hold a static position the longest. Okay. Um, while you're actually, you know, like
0: physically, yeah, physically, pulling. like
1: pulling, holding, supporting, urging, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah not moving you're crouched in this tiny little position yeah um so yeah and it depends on which sport you're doing but yeah there's certainly many different muscle groups that that are involved and you do need need respiratory fitness you need muscular fitness Mm. but there's also the skill which is why we end up having what happens happen because there's the technical aspect of it as well and when Course designers set a course they're going to measure it out and you'll see them measure it out with a measuring tape and they're going to set it for basically 12 strides or 12 feet for every horse's stride because an average horse a big horse jumping will be traveling on a 12 foot stride okay and so then you're going to have six feet for landing and six feet for takeoff um, for each each uh jump so so
0: if you're so for instance if you're going to do a one stride jump yeah, that so would be 18 be... feet between between jumps?
1: Yeah, so you'd have 12 plus six. 6 plus 6.
0: On the other side of it, though?
1: No, within the two jumps. Oh, I see. So you'd so, have to have
0: 24 feet yes, between Yes, 24 jump.
1: feet. So, okay. And so... When it gets tricky is when you've got you know a distance is maybe two or three feet yeah. um if the horse is going on a non standard stride or if they put what's called a bending line in where you've got a curve there, and so you walk the course and you decide what line you're going to take based on what your horse's striding is, but then we saw the chilean rider yes riding in a very different style than the american rider that's right yeah yeah and so he
0: like rushed the, the yeah jumps. Like, so it's they, almost scary watching yeah
1: him. so and that was that's a european uh way of riding old european way of riding which is they would land their horses were very powerful and they would hold 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 the horse is still advancing towards the jump but not on this standard 12 foot stride until the rider then sees that spot where they know they can and release the horse and then the horse would usually leap forward at their own kind of full speed yeah. two or three strides and leap over the jump and then the rider spends the whole rest of the time trying to regain the control and repackage this horse and hold 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 until you get two or three strides out for the next jump and then release and charge and leap over it and that's why you get a lot of those knockdowns as yeah. well yeah um Whereas the American rider using the forward seat system that we saw was a very smooth round for the most part. And she was actually riding her horse with no bit in its mouth as well, which is... Why would that be? Well, the horse probably, I mean, typically people will ride horses with bits in their mouth, but that horse probably for whatever reason didn't like having a bit Mm. and especially comparing him to how he was when Helen was riding him in the hunter ring and the jumps were a little bit smaller and things were a lot more mellow, turns were a little bit bigger. Um, He was going with his head up a little bit more, he was pulling a little bit more, but some horses will invert and stick their head way up in the air, and when they stick their head up, they drop their back down, and when they do that, they're not able to rotate their shoulder forward, and that doesn't let them get their knees up and that's where they will start hitting jumps as oh, okay, well okay. so it, it has to do with uh, their form over the fence and one of the things I pointed out with him is that horse had exceptional form oh like yeah he had his knees way up his yeah. knees were even he was using his back well um, and we didn't see that with a lot of the other horses as well yeah, they weren't yeah. ridden as well
0: yeah. so he had such great extension like yeah. he just like went over almost like a dog jumping over mm-hmm. something he just yeah.
1: and so he was a thoroughbred as well mm-hmm. which was a typical which means you know racehorse like yeah. winning the kentucky derby that kind of horse yeah and so that's typically back then what americans would ride then the trend went away from that in the 80s but we're kind of slowly making a return to the thoroughbred yeah it's funny people yeah. are talking
0: about thoroughbreds again like they're yes. good yeah they are great horses they
1: are yeah super athletes yeah, yeah.
0: so it's, it's it's a funny turnaround isn't it mm-hmm. terrible feet, though <laughs> so so, in, yeah, so uh, Rascala goes and in that, as you say, in that kind of weird galloping towards the jump style, mm-hmm. uh, knocks over the, f- the, fi- the, and st- the final, on the final wall, knocks over it. So it gets four faults plus time faults, I think, of six. I think so. Right. So it gets six faults yeah. al- altogether or something. It gets two faults for time. Anyway, is it some, it's an extra fault. Or maybe not, just four faults. And then the time was 38 or mm-hmm. something. I can't remember. I can't remember neither. either doesn't matter because then Aspersell goes. Mm-hmm. And Aspersell blows on an easy fence. Yeah,
1: so misses a on? distance, yeah. Misses a distance, doesn't hit the jump right quite right, you know. And I think sometimes you get a little overconfident, yeah. Um, or you just kind of think, oh, we can do this. Yeah, well, that's overconfident, right? <laughs> we, we've done this. We can do this. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of let your guard down, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, they hit a bad distance and took down an easy fence.
0: So the rider should be controlling the horse's distance. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think in the movie they did that intentionally, or do you think they just maybe used a scene where... It happened anyway.
1: I think I think they did it intentionally to build the. No, no, I know intention. they did it to build.
0: I know the, in the movie itself. Oh, the story, I see. But I mean, I when they're filming it, were they like?
1: Oh, did they make the rider get a bad distance? Yeah, to the horse? I think that would
0: be dangerous. I to think do. that would
1: be dangerous. I think um, if they filmed her enough, you would get a rail. Yeah, right? I think you they know? probably had
0: like because. Yeah, I feel like. You know, they would have edited out any mistakes that were made yeah. through any of the runs and they could For just sure. easily yeah. add that in. Later. Like I know
1: um I did a riding clinic with Captain Mark Phillips, who is Princess Anne's husband. Hoody, toity hoity Toity. And um he said it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter how well you ride, like ninety percent of the time you'll do everything right and it'll work out, and then there's always that ten percent where, you know, it's just kind of that's part of the game. Yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah.
0: So she she gets a rail as well, but she but Aspergill makes it over. Susan Aspergill jump the seven foot one. Yeah, this is seven foot. Yeah,
1: seven foot wall.
0: We know that we know Aspergill has an inch mm-hmm. to spare. So yeah. so it's it, he'll he'll be fine. But he jumps over that giant jump, looking like he bounced over a trampoline, <laughs> and is less time than the Chilean rider. Mm-hmm. And so Aspercell's the winner! Yay! And everyone's so excited. Woo! And everyone's gathering together, and she gets a word of the plate, and a ribbon gets put onto Aspercell's uh, bridle. bridle. And then there's, they're getting pictures taken. Charlie's there, and he's taking pictures. And Dugan shows up. Dugan was there, of course. Dugan could not, not be there <laughs> yeah. for this, of course. And, and of course, Aunt Martha's there. The whole family's there. Even, even Kurt Russell, Ronnie's there. And... They're, they're all getting pictures taken, but Dean Jones is just feeling left out. Because he sees, well, one thing he sees is Archer and uh, Susie Sharon a deep kiss. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm done. I mm-hmm. guess that's me in the picture. So he's kind of sad. So he's just sort of watching from a distance. Kind of that, feel sorry for me, everyone, because I'm not in the picture. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo me. And uh, he's also kind of jealous. So he goes off and he shares a beer. He takes, he returns Aspercell, Some guy says, hey, buddy, what should I do with this horse? Like who would ask that?
1: <laughs> this loser horse.
0: <laughs> and so, and so, uh, Fred says, "Well, I'll I'll take the horse back." And he he then very amateurishly amateurishly wh- winds the lead shank around his <laughs> yeah. his hand about seventeen times. Danger. <laughs> so the last thing you should do, everyone, if you're ever asked to hold a horse, do not wrap the rope around your hand because if the horse decides to leave, you'll go with it, or or even worse, maybe your hand will go with mm-hmm. it and you'll stay behind. So. He does return Aspercel back to Aspercel's tent and uh, back to his stall. And he shares a beer with Aspercel because Aspercel has...
1: Deserved it. Yeah, Yeah, he deserves a
0: beer. He gets a full cup of beer, by the way. And then when he's feeling saddest and lowest, Susie comes and she says, weren't you going to say something to me? And so he's just about to propose to her when Helen comes in and interrupts. And he's all upset, but Helen says, oh, are you getting married? (laughs) And pretty much... That's it. And then they get their picture taken. And I kind of like this picture because someone comes and says, we have to get, you know, your picture taken with, with, uh, Dugan wants your picture with Aspercell as well. So, so they go and it's, it's, um, Fred, Helen, Aspercell and Susie. Well, actually Fred, Susie, Aspercell and Helen. And the photographer says, just like a real family. (laughs) And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's a great ending. That is. Because we just, we don't need to see all the rest of that stuff. We know what's going to come next.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, yeah. Sure. There you go. Good movie. Well.
1: Well, you... what? Top five.
0: <laughs> what, are the, what are the other top four?
1: My other top four? Yeah. Um, I like uh, Peavy's Big Adventure.
0: Yeah, that's a good movie.
1: I like that one that I can never remember the name of um, with that weird family in New York, you know.
0: Oh, the Royal Tenenbaums?
1: Yeah, so that's number one. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Um, I, I do love Fargo. But I also love Arrival now. I, do, I think maybe Arrival knocked Fargo out. How many movies is that?
0: You said three plus, plus the No, course. so
1: I had Royal Bombs, yep. Horse and Grey Fallen of Suit, yep. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Arrival, yep. and Fargo. That's five. Oh, okay. Top so five. I thought you
0: said Fargo was knocked out. And no, I, th-
1: I thought I had five already, but oh, okay. yeah, it's it's there. Okay. Okay, okay. cool. Good those list. All, yes. all, that's a good list. No, um, great list.
0: My, my, my feeling about this is a great list. My feeling about this film...
1: Is it's great.
0: I don't know if it's great.
1: Top five.
0: I think if... So, <laughs> top, you're, you're, what's your top five? But you said for sentimental reasons, too. Yeah, true. And I think by saying that, you're acknowledging that part of why you like it is, is situational, not necessarily the quality of the, the movie itself. Yes, that's true. I don't know if it's a film that you could show to someone and say, oh, man, you're going to love this film. It's going to be the greatest film you ever saw. I'm going to watch it and go like, well, it's kind of a Disney film. And really, what is the plot of this movie?
1: Too predictable.
0: But it is a really good film. Yeah. Because, you know, speaking as someone who likes horses, and then it's, I agree with you, it's like the best horse film. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not an overdone kind of thing like The Black Stallion, or National, or International Velvet, or any of the other kind of films where you just feel like, I don't know, it just feels, it's an, and it's not like a horse racing movie like Far Lap or something like that, where it's not really about the horse, it's about the race. Yeah. You know? And that's the problem. Like, you want to, when you see a horse movie, what's that one with Viggo Mortensen where he does like the... Hidalgo. Hidalgo, yeah, where he does like the... And that's more about the race as well, I guess. It's not, you know, it's... You want, when you see, like this movie is is really like about riding and about like the whole nature of, of, you know, kids and horses mm-hmm. and...
1: Parents and the interaction and... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Being a coach. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And yeah, it's, I mean, I, I I enjoy it quite a bit, obviously, because of this, my connection to you. And I know how much you like it, obviously, as well. But I don't know if it's a movie that I could recommend to people. I don't think if someone said, What's a good movie for me to watch? I'd be like, Have you seen The Horse in the Great Flannel <laughs> Suit? I mean, it's better. I'll say this for it, though. It's better than The Computer war. Who Wore Tennis Shoes. Uh
1: huh. Yeah.
0: Like those movies, I remember very fondly, but having watched it recently mm-hmm. on Disney. Uh, plus, I was very disappointed in my, my poor memory. Yeah. Because I forgot that it's a real labor. Like, it's just, they, you know, the movies are thrown together. And this movie has a little bit element, too. But, it you know, it, it, um, it has enough love of its subject mm-hmm. that it really kind of comes through. Yeah.
1: Love, knowledge, and perspective as yeah. well. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like, you can get too lost in the love of it sometimes that mm-hmm. you lose perspective. But I don't think this one ever does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it feels like I think you're right. I mean, I feel I don't I didn't get to see who, obviously, in the credits there must have been someone um, credited as a, as an advisor. But I think you're right. I think they really did get a good advisor mm-hmm. who obviously had like the ear of the screenwriter and the and I don't know when they brought them in. But
1: yeah, well, and I think the fact that, like, I think the author of the book was a screenwriter, so he was No, no, of he course, wasn't.
0: He wasn't? No, it was Louis P- P- Pelletier or something like okay. that. Okay. Like
1: well, he was involved, because I looked at credits of something and he, it, that was listed as something that he was a screenwriter of. But my guess okay. was that, since they were at Flintridge, it would probably be Jimmy Williams was the advisor? equine advisor. Okay. Um, because he... I mean, he was, he was kind of a natural horseman before there were natural horsemen. That's kind of who okay. he was, but he also was a very experienced coach and involved in that world, especially. So, you know, would have known and seen all these sort of interactions that you get that after a while almost become sort of stereotypical, though, that type of parent or this type of parent or that type of kid. So, oh, are you looking there?
0: Yeah. I'm just trying to see if I can see the name. You just keep talking.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but um, yeah. And so Jimmy Williams, he was sort of the Flintridge guru, but I would guess that that's probably who it was, but it could also have been, um, the guy who was either Kathy Kuzner who rode the horse in the jumper scenes or Kenny Nordstrom as well. Any of those people would probably have been good advisors, um, but uh, yeah, my, my guess would be it would be Jimmy Williams because he was, he was the guy at Flintridge and he would have organized all the background writers and um, been in charge of, of them. So you don't see anything?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not seeing it there. I'm no? not seeing an advisor listed in the credits on IMDb. So that's too bad. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's, a, you know, it's a fun film. I, I would not not recommend it. I think of, like, I, I I'm... I would like to eventually like go back and watch like the absent-minded professor and son of flubber, which are films I, I'm very fond of as well from that time period. But I haven't seen them since mm-hmm. I watched them as a kid. I'm kind of curious to go back and see those films. You know, I have a feeling I'll find the absent-minded professor one so frustrating because he's so <laughs> he's so awful to his fiance in that yeah. in that movie. But uh, I, I'm kind of curious anyway to, to see it. What's the one with
1: the goose that laid the golden eggs
0: there's one i've never seen that movie oh it is on disney plus now okay well you just just so you know it's on disney Mm -hmm. plus but that's not when i remember so i I didn't see that movie So i remember like the shaggy da Mm -hmm. or the the shaggy dog i should say yeah and then i do remember the shaggy da as well which is dean jones also um and then remember uh the um those are like the black and white ones just those three movies are the black and white. Then there's that
1: darn cat too isn't that disney
0: that was also Disney, but I think that was a 70s one, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I think that was Dean Jones as well, actually. I think so, yeah. Or wait, maybe it was The Cat from Outer Space was Dean Jones.
1: Don't know.
0: <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot of... They made a lot of junk. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. And this movie could have been junk, but I think it's elevated by the the skill around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. More I than... think they had high hopes for it, but yeah, critically it was panned and financially it didn't make very much. So mm-hmm. it was a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, it's too bad. It was, yeah.
0: That's the name. They should have given it a better name. Yeah, maybe. I don't think The Year of the Horse is much better. No, but I think no, it's, I don't think so. I think it's better than uh, The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it's a funny title, but it's kind of funny in a private joke kind of way, mm-hmm. not in a, yeah. not a movie. Cr- right. But who knows? We're on no, I'm no expert, mm-hmm. but I do pretend to be one on a podcast called The Fans Fansplainers. <laughs> All right. Well, we can wrap it up now, sweetie. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: No, you're welcome. I hope you had fun. I did.
0: That's good. And thank you for filling in for, for the show I lost so carelessly by throwing my digital recorder on the floor. Oops, I gave away what <laughs> happened. If you want to, like I said, if you want to hear more about that, listen to this uh, this week's episode of Sneaky Dragon, episode 455. I do talk about it with Ian, and we bemoan the situation. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to write to us about this episode, if you want to nerd out on horses with Lisa, you can write to us on our website, which is sneakydragon.com. This episode will have a post there, and underneath it, you can leave comments. You can write to us by email at, uh, you can write to us, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. We're on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. We are on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. And we have a Patreon, and you can show some love to us there. You can support us in what we do. It's uh, Patreon.com slash sneaky dragon. We really do appreciate everyone's help, because, you know, this show costs a little bit of money to do. Not a lot, but... uh, it's fun. It's fun when other people show their appreciation, and we, 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 do, we do appreciate that. And so, I think we can uh, sign off. I think we can uh, sign off. I just have one thing to say, dear. What? Love you.
1: Oh, love you too.
0: All right. Bye, everyone.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs> What happened?
0: (laughs) I mean, what? I thought you told me she was good. Well, she is. All she needs is, well, a little more practice. Give her a few months. Months? Are you one of those parents who has to win every time? Well, of course I'm not, but I don't have months, Miss Clemens. I mean, not if she's gonna win three medals and qualify for Washington.
1: Washington? Oh, you are one, the
0: worst kind.